second. Yeah, 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 I'm coming. Hold on. Ron? What are you doing here? There's something I need to tell you. Are we alone? Quick, grab anything you can. We gotta go. Is there a back door? They're coming. They're coming. Oh god, they're here. Go. Damn this wicked planet. Welcome to the Wicked Planet Podcast, episode 43. We're coming at you once again from an undisclosed location somewhere off the coast of the Isles of Southern France. Tonight, wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> tonight, we discuss racist frogs, mass brainwashing, cults, and everybody's least favorite topic, COVID-19. Boo hiss. But before we get to all that, <laughs> you know him as Ron from New England. Others know him as the Snaggletooth Tiger. Some know him as the fourth Hanson brother, but his friends and family know him as the man with one ball. <laughs> Ron? What's going on? You messed up again. What do you mean? Because they call me E.T. the extra testicle. You have three? <clears throat> yeah, that's from Cheech and Chung. Isn't that called a tripod? Uh, no, tripod is when, you're, uh, when you can lay down and kind of be in a tripod. Three balls is in a tripod. No, but two legs and something else with extra Viagra is... Oh, what what are those things that people put on their desks? What are you talking about? That like with the balls that swing and click? Oh, I don't know what those are. Only rich people have those. Well, if you do have three testicles, if you're so fortunate, you should be called that. Those, I call those clackers. Clackers? Yeah. Huh. So you didn't say we were coming to you live from the haunted garage? I didn't? No. What did I say instead? Undisclosed location in the south of France. Oh, well... Everyone knows where we're coming at. What? From, I mean, the haunted garage. <laughs> oh, where we're coming from. Everyone knows where we're coming on. I mean, coming from. I mean, you know. You just made all the ladies go, Hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. I mean, I do that all the time anyway. Yeah, right. As soon as they listen to this podcast and hear my voice, it's, oh my God. Right to the bathroom with the finger to the back of the throat. His voice is so It reminds sexy. me of back when I was bulimic. Oh, my God. Ron, that's not something to joke around about. What, bulimia? It's just not funny. Did I tell you I had anorexia nervosa reversa? What does that mean? You take shits? No. 
Instead of getting too skinny, I'm getting too fat. Oh, I was thinking like instead. Oh, no, I was thinking like bulimia. Instead of puking, you shit. It's like the opposite. If it was bulimica reversica, it would be like the bulimic shits. Yeah. So I think I've had those for a couple of days. So after you eat, you force yourself to shit instead of puke. Yeah, I don't have to force myself. Bulimica reversica. <laughs> I don't know how you'd do that. How would one do that? Uh, I don't know, but I definitely ain't going to give it a try. X-lax? Yeah. Eat, eat a lot of oatmeal? Drink an extra cup of coffee? Yeah, there you go. That might work. <laughs> All right, so what's new? More fiber. What's new with me? Well, the holidays are over. Thank God. <laughs> New Year's Eve was fun. Yeah, New Year's Eve was good. We had some friends over and we had a little combination New Year's Eve get together slash retirement get together for a friend of ours that retired. Nice. Yeah, so that was cool. I mean, she's not retiring. She's just retired from her state job, which she's been at for, I don't know, 30 years. And she's going to work in the private sector. So that's cool. Cool. Yeah. We went to my friend's mansion. Oh, yeah. Nice. It's not really a mansion. I just call it that because it's one of the nicest houses I've ever seen. Um, but they had a bunch of food and a bonfire and then fireworks and a bunch of champagne, a lot of drinking. Yeah. And food. Yeah, we didn't do it much dr- we didn't do much drinking because well, believe it or not, we only had a small get together and, and for each group there everybody had a DD, so that was cool. Nice. Yeah. So uh I tipped it a little bit. Tipped what? Tipped a little tequila. Ooh, what kind? More, more than hornitos. Ooh, hornito. More, uh, more Ooh. than a little bit si, because si, when I senor. woke up in the morning on Saturday morning, I You're... still had a little bit of a buzz on. That sounds like you drank a lot. I can drink a lot. If you wake up with a buzz, you probably drank a lot the night before. Well, I was Just thinking, saying. Well, I probably drank until a little after midnight. Okay. Started around 530 Wow. Yeah. Go get her. I know we had a great big, huge bottle of Hornitos, and there maybe was enough left to make a drink in the morning. So that's what you did. But I wasn't the only one. There's no way I could drink a whole bottle of Hornitos. I'd be freaking dead. (laughs) But I put a good dent in it. That's for sure. Tequila is a uh, crazy alcohol. Not for me. No? It keeps you nice and chill? Yeah, no, it keeps me mellow. You don't get into like how different alcohols affect people differently. Like, yeah, I know people that can't drink whiskey because it makes them crazy. Yeah. And they can't drink vodka because it makes them crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I just drink uh, tequila. I drink tequila because that's what I like. I don't like whiskey. Vodka I like, but uh, I don't like gin. Uh, Gin's okay. One of my buddies that came to the party, he brought a bottle of gin with him. I think he's the only one that drank it. Actually, Uh, gin and tonic I like. It's a good summer drink. Yeah, I on can ice. see that. I don't know. To me, it's like sucking on a pine tree. Yeah, I mean, it is. Like, if you get a shot of, uh, what is it? A shot of Maine or a shot of pine? shot of pine in Maine. That just means a shot of gin. Oh, yeah. Okay. One of those things. Yeah, so it's made out because one of the ingredients in gin, because gin is made by steeping. Steeping. Like in pine a, needles? Like a, like a, uh, like a tea. Uh, no, but juniper berries. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Juniper berries is one of the main ingredients. Yeah. So, well, yeah. anyway, so I'm back to not drinking again for a while. I see that. Thank you for bringing me coffee tonight. You're welcome. Yeah. But it, it was a long two weeks, and I did a, a fair amount of drinking in those two weeks, the holidays. Yeah, and, drinking uh, comes and goes with me. Like, like I hadn't drank in a long time, and, and I just had it in my mind that 
uh, on New Year's Eve. Uh, we had a really busy week, and I was kind of tired. I'm like, you know what? I need to cut loose. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not driving. I'm not doing none of that. I don't have to be anywhere in the morning. I'm cut loose a, and drink some juice. I'm going to have a few drinks, yeah. And it was good. We had a really good time. We had lots of good food, lots of good little finger snacks. We made some charcuterie boards because mm. I like that. Charcuterie. charcuterie it's very good boards, yeah and uh, cheeses with different and che- cheeses and salamis meats. and pepperonis and some vegetables if you go that way oh yeah no we had the whole uh i like the uh uh pickled like it has jalapenos and little pieces oh, right. of cauliflower yeah that's good i forget what it's called i don't know pepperoncinis pepperoncinis yeah yeah, yeah it's really no, so good. i like that too when that, when we do a charcuterie board we usually uh, incorporate pickles Right, pickles yeah. too. Yeah, that's it. That's the other thing. It has pickles. And you know, it's actually not bad if you dip the cracker in some pickle juice as well. No, I like pickle juice. Uh, my wife also made a really good uh, artichoke dip. Mm. Artichoke, and I want to say, what's the other thing that goes in with the artichoke? Spinach. Spinach dip. Spinach and artichoke. Oh my god, that was that so good! Great big huge uh, bread bowl. Yeah. Yeah, so that was really good. So we had a, a really lot of good time. food over the holidays for sure. Oh my god. My stomach has been raging all week. <laughs> Just <laughs> because, you know, I'm not eating. I mean, I went uh yesterday didn't eat all day yesterday. Like mm. nothing. I had to have breakfast this morning and I'm not a breakfast guy. Mm. I want to say I had dinner on Monday night. I didn't eat all day Tuesday and I had breakfast this morning. Yeah. So I just, I needed to like drink a bunch of water, drink a bunch of coffee. and <laughs> Cleanse get, yourself. Get myself clean. Well, it's down, like yeah. you, eat, you eat for Christmas and around Christmas and then after Christmas because there's leftover food and then you kind of do the same thing on New Year's and then there's leftover food after New Year's and then you also have like, if you get any Christmas candy, Christmas cookies, anything like that, leftovers. Yeah. So even after the holidays, there's still plenty of food to be eaten. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but we're past that. We're back. Uh, we're back on salads and chicken and vegetables and stuff like that now, which is That's really good. what we should be eating. Right? Yeah. But my house has been, Christmas has been completely, uh, what was the word I was using? Chaotic. No, Christmas was actually pretty cool. Uh, New Year's was, oh, my house is, uh, Christmas has been decommissioned. Like it's house. done. You, you took all the decorations down. You wouldn't down. even know Christmas ever was here. <laughs> Not a trace left. Yeah. We my still wife, have our tree up. Well, my well, my wife likes to take the tree down like two days after Christmas. Oh, really? But 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 uh, little G there, she's like, nope, nope, you're not taking the tree down. We just have to figure out where, what we're going to do with it. Well, you donate it. To what? Uh, a farm that has goats or goats. Oh, that's true. Yeah, no, seriously, goats love that No, stuff. I forgot about that. Yeah. I did that once. I just had forgotten about it they yeah. eat it right oh yeah goats and stuff yeah that's what everybody well not everybody but a fair amount of people will do with their christmas trees well yeah, i burn them too well that's i used a big, to burn them too yeah. yeah i mean that's everyone does that my but, uh, uh my christmas tree how it used to be is my birthday is december 15th so my family would always after my birthday and then it was time to put the christmas tree up and then the christmas tree stayed up until after new year's mm. so i explained to my wife that that was the family tradition so our tree stayed up till after New Year's. Uh, matter of fact, she took it down yesterday afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, but it's real easy. It just comes apart and it goes in a box. Wow. Pretty tree, though. You So you can't feed that to goats because it would probably kill them. 
Yeah, I wouldn't. That tree was expensive. Why don't you get a real tree? It's like a $400 fake tree. That's ridiculous. Why don't you get awesome. a real tree? Uh, I don't like the mess. What's wrong with you? No, I don't like the mess. You can clean, Ron. Yeah, I know that. But it's called I, a vacuum. We, we clean constantly. Where's your uh, Christmas spirit? Bit, well, I have a little bit of a fire phobia, for one, because I think I burnt up in a past life. And <laughs> I, uh, I don't like the mess. We have animals. Every time we've tried to have a real tree, the cats just absolutely destroy it. Oh, you have cats. Yeah. Yeah, cats it, are, cats are uh, difficult with trees. If they like to climb them, they'll knock them over. Well, that's what's really weird about this tree is that they didn't mess with it. Like, at all. Probably because it's not real. That could be. Yeah, that could be. <laughs> You're like, fuck but this it was fake cool. tree. I, I don't little, want anything to do little, with it. had this little foot button, like this little pedal, and you would click it. had like eight or ten different modes it goes into. Is it a smart tree? Yeah. With It has a touch screen? No, it doesn't have a touch Speakers, screen. Speakers. But it has like all a different. fog machine. Like, when you put this tree up, like, dude, all the bulbs and the lights are already on it. Wow. And it looks like it has snow on it. It's cool. What an American decoration. Ron, I'm just going to say this. I don't know if you're a true New Englander if you don't have a real tree. I'm I just going to say that right now. I don't need no real tree. I know you don't. It's kind of sad. You take it down, you vacuum, you mop, <laughs> you put the dog crate back where it was, and you're good to go. No, but, you got you to gotta, you gotta water trees. You got to, you know, get the pine needles everywhere and clean them up. Have the, the real smell. Them, the little pills that they have to make the tree last longer. Where's your smell, Ron? I have air purifiers in my house, so I don't want to smell anything but ozone. That's Speaking like. of, I like the inside of my house to smell like ozone. <laughs> Speaking of cats, just to change gears a little bit, have you ever watched the cat vid cams? The cat cam vids? Oh, I've, I've watched tons of cat videos. Well, no, not like where they... It's not like videos of cats. It's more like they hook uh, like a GoPro on new cats. And then you get to see like where they go. Oh, they're little adventures. Yeah, they're like yeah, they're I've little. Seen those. They're yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, except the ones when they get hit by a car. Yeah, or like a hawk picks them up, <laughs> right? And eats their organs. Or a bald eagle. No, but they're pretty cool. You should check them out, people and listeners out there. Check them out. Check them out. Yeah. So yeah. So we're past the holidays. Thank uh, God. I have to admit, it was a good holidays. It actually year. was for me. Yeah, too. it was good holidays. There was no dilemmas. There was no family fighting. There was nothing. It was good. No, I did. Did I tell we you? We had shitty weather though. We did. Did I tell you that I had to go to three Christmases? Yeah. I did tell you that. Yeah. Did I tell you that we got stuck? No. Yeah. There was a big wreck. I might have brought this up already. There was a big wreck. We took a detour. It was a dirt road, one of those back dirt roads, which, you know, in rain and when it's freezing oh, are terrible. Nasty. But we, um, <laughs> the end of the dirt road was a huge hill. So I tried to go up. Got close to the top. The tire started spinning. We started to slide backwards. And I was able to stop the car before we went off the road, but we were still stuck, like, with one tire on the very edge. Is this the Accent? No, this was uh, the Volkswagen. My girlfriend drives a Volkswagen. And uh, so I had to, like, we had to get help. Someone helped push us out. And you know what? You know what happened after that? My girlfriend gets in the car. And she fucking puts the pedal in the metal and makes it up the hill. And then I'm just, I just had to do the walk of shame. Well, you know what's up weird is hill. a lot of these cars, they have that traction control. You can, uh, yeah. on a Volkswagen, I know you can turn that off. But if your traction control is on, it won't let you whip them tires up. 
and and to get up a hill in the, in the snow, you need you need momentum and you need you need to be spinning. Well, I thought I, I you know I thought I had enough because I made sure to get extra speed and just keep going, keep going, keep going. But I didn't make it. She could make it though. Yeah, so she taught you a driving lesson. Yeah, I'm. And now I won't good. hear the end of it either. And I am very good at driving in the snow. Years to come. I have a knack for it. We used to go out, me and my buddies, during a blizzard. We would go out and just drive around. We called it blizzard <laughs> driving. Drive around, drink, drink old Budweiser. Yeah, well, yeah. that's that's definitely a redneck move. Hillbilly oh yeah. move. Well, we said um, we would tell our parents, yeah, we're gonna go cruise around, make sure nobody's stuck. If they're stuck, we're gonna help pull them out. Because back then we all had like four wheel drive. We're trucks. also gonna drink a thirty rack while we do it. Well, yeah, I think they already knew that. <laughs> but but, uh, uh, but speaking anyways, of weather. The good old days. The weather today was shitty. Yeah. Again. When was the last time we saw sunshine? It's been a while. Since before New Year's. Yeah, I don't know. I just, just socks. I wanted to be cold enough so I can ice skate, work on my stick tricks and hockey, hockey skills. Yeah, that's the puck. true. Yeah. That's what I'm really Yeah, want. when is Black Ice? When is Black Ice Tournament? I don't know. That's right across the street from the house, won't. isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah, it won't happen if it's like they've canceled before. If it's too warm, yeah, yeah. or it's you know raining. A yeah, bunch so they have this thing ice here. Ice just goes to shit. It's called Black Ice Tournament, and they take this. Uh, Buckley lives across the street from a huge park, and uh, they set up all these hockey rinks, and all these teams get to. It's a really cool event. It's like a big party. It is cool. Yeah, and all the local businesses uh, sponsor the teams. Yeah, and it's like a like pond that. hockey tournament. Yeah, you know, yeah. nothing crazy, no checking or. Yeah, no, it's fights. No, it's, it's all, all cool. no contact. The goals are just like the little wooden goals, yeah. you know, that you have, you set up. It's actually a cool event. Yeah, yeah, it is. It brings a lot of people, like thousands of people go to it. I know, because they all park on my street. And then I don't, I can't find parking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, parking all sucks. All weekend. Parking sucks on that end of town anyway. Yeah. But anyway, the, the real reason we're here tonight is to discuss racist frogs. Oh, yeah. Let's go over that first. I was not aware of that. So <laughs> my brother actually brought this up and then I just looked into it uh, on this very. This Did he very, bring it up because you have a Pepe on your mug that I gave you I for was Christmas? Ju- I was just. Uh, Ron. Well, go ahead. Though. Okay. Hold on. Well, sometimes you take. Okay. Hold on. To get to- okay. Hold, hold on. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so Ron got me this very nice gift. Thank you, Ron. I'm using it right now. It's a Wicked Planet Tumblr from Lala Beans. So. Thank you, Lala. It's very nice if you're listening. I love it. It's kind of like Gay Space with our logo, or maybe our logo is Gay Space, but it has a bunch of stuff on it, aliens, a stamina squatch, and then Pepe the Frog. And I showed it to my brother, and he's like, oh, you know, Pepe the Frog is racist. And he's a anti-Semitic symbol. And I was like, what? Because I think we, all, we know him, or I know him, or Ron knows him, as from memes, right? Is that correct? Yes. And then I looked him up today online. And the uh, the ADL, which stands for, I forget what it stands for, but it's like the this agency or sect of an agency that determines hate symbols and anti-Semitic symbols and discrimination symbols. And guess who's on there? Pepe the Frog. He's gone on a list. Of hate symbols, anti-Semitic symbols, symbols that stand for bigotry. Well, I think you'll find that's because it was associated with uh, QAnon and Trump, right? 
The Is whole that, Pepe uh, the Frog thing. I don't know. I mean, that's what I always associated it with. And now, of course, so the left's going to take it and say that it's racist. But I'll tell you what. A picture of Pepe the Frog does not make me feel the same as seeing the swastika. Right. And that's which actually, of, which in actuality doesn't bother me at all. Well, that's but. the thing, too. That whole list that I was reading was, it was like the swastika, the Nazi symbol. And it's like, well, okay, this, this, he does look quite smug, though. I will say that. I think it looks cool. He, he does look cool, but he looks smug. Like he's like, he's better than you almost, or he's got something on you, or I don't know. But it doesn't deserve to be on a list no. with known well, hate Well, that's symbols. just so they could attack the memers that were using it to beat up on the left. Because if they could say, well, it's hate speech, well, then what is big tech and social media going to do? Cancel All it. your post goes against our community guidelines. <laughs> that frog is racist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you get all those people with that type of mind think, and that's kind of the subject that we're going to talk about a little bit, because something that was I, I heard on uh, one of Joe Rogan's podcasts with Dr. Malone, a phrase that- And the other one with. there. Uh, I don't think me, Peter McCullough said that. Did he, he does. He doesn't. Uh, he, he doesn't, doesn't really it label as, it the same way. He yeah, doesn't he say it as, uh, mass. What was the term again? Uh, it's called mass formation psychosis. psychosis. He doesn't use that exact phrase, I don't think, but he does talk about it. Yeah. Um, and you know, he he does the whole cult connection as well. Well, it is which a, is big. It's the COVID cult. The COVID cult, but he connects it to like religious cults and oh, stuff yeah. as well. Yeah. And it's like the same kind of psychology that they use. Yeah. yeah. And we have a few examples of that too. We do. But, but you know, so I was listening to, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, there is Joe Rogan obviously is at the top of his game right now. I mean, he's got a very, very popular, he's actually got more numbers than CNN and all these other mainstream. I think he was media. the best in fear factor. Uh, he was good at Fear Factor. Yeah, he was good. At, I, that show was freaking hilarious. I saw an, a, a, an old clip of Joe Rogan where he like almost gets into a fight with one of the Fear Factor guys. Some dumbass Fear Factor contestant he starts mouthing off and then they actually like get into a grappling match. But it's like, dude, that could have been that. Could've don't been for I ratings. would not fuck with the guy. He was a competitive Taekwondo like champion. Like, don't don't mess with him. Yeah. But the point is, is uh you know, he's up to, what's he got, 1,700 and something episodes now. And and, uh, and there's a lot of his shows he has people come on. I'm not really interested to listen to MMA fighters. I mean, I'm just not into UFC. Some of them are cool. Yeah, yeah and I'm not into, uh, well, I shouldn't say this. I, I don't, you know, just want to listen to stand-up comics, although I do like stand-up comics. If but, you listen to any of the comics, Tim Dillon. Oh, yeah, Tim Dillon. When he Dillon's goes on. Funny. Who yeah. also has a really good podcast. Listen to that one. Yeah, no, he's he's funny. He's but, hilarious. Uh, but anyways, but I like to show like he had uh, Jeremy Corbell on and uh, Bob Lazar and uh, the guy that does. Uh, oh, my God. What is his name? What's he do? Well, he helps uh, guest hosts uh, Coast to Coast AM once in a while. Oh, my God. My brain is dead. I'm definitely losing. Michael Malice. No, no, no. No, he, he has his own radio show. He's out of Las Vegas. Oh, I'm so sorry. I apologize to him. Brain uh, fart. Wow, Ron. Yeah. So anyways, wow. uh, he uh, he was on and they did a lot of UFO, UAP uh, things on Joe Rogan. I really liked that episode. I liked his episode with Elon Musk and, and things like that. But he has, they, they had the other UFO guy on, uh, the guy who got abducted. Fire in the sky. Oh, uh, oh Travis. Travis something. Yeah. 
God, we're terrible. Yeah, you know, I just I can't remember uh, Travis <laughs> Travis Walton. Yep, that guy. Travis Walton. Yeah. So, uh, but anyways, I uh, I'm gonna have to look that other because uh, he he co-hosts uh, Coast to Coast all the time. Anyways, uh, I'm a I like Coast to Coast AM, although I don't think it's as good as it used to be. Probably not. Yeah, I still subscribe to it though. I mean, I have the app and stuff. It's honestly got some good shows on there for far out there conspiracy stuff like tinfoil hats. George Knapp is the guy I was thinking of. Tinfoil hats with Sam Tripoli. That's always a good place to go. All right. So, so, but anyways, but getting back to Rogan. So, but he had uh, Dr. Peter McCullough on and I was familiar with Dr. Peter McCullough from, you know, doing all of our COVID research for the last two years. Mm-hmm. So I said, wow, I'm going to check that out. I'm going to listen to that. Uh, I feel as though, and that was episode 1747, I believe. That's like a must listen. Like you got to listen to that. And, uh, yes. but what really interested me is when he had Dr. Malone on, because it coincided when Twitter had banned Dr. Robert Malone uh, from Twitter. And wow. Now, okay, so for yeah, for medical misinformation or whatever, I, actually, I don't think it was disclosed why they banned him, but he's the dude that invented mRNA vaccine technology. Yeah, the original patents. Like the original thing, yeah. Original patents for it, yeah. So I, I'm taking it as this guy kind of knows what he's talking about, right? He should. And, and this is, and this, of course, Twitter will ban you when you want to push the truth, right? And they'll say he... The, it, <laughs> They'll say he's misinformation, which is crazy. But but it was interesting how he got banned, and then like at the, I guess his episode with Rogan had already taped, and then he got banned from Twitter, and then his Rogan interview aired, and I forget how many millions of people listened to that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but hold on, I gotta take a drink. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean. Yeah, if if you're gonna look into, if you don't listen to Rogan, listen to uh, McCulloch and Malone, because they're very two important. I think um, two of Rogan's most important podcasts that he's. I done. think they are his single two best, most informative podcasts he's ever had, especially for the current situation right. and what's going on. Right, and Malone and the 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 group think the mass. Mass Form- formation, formation, psychosis. psychosis. Yeah. If there's anything to look into, in my opinion, I feel like this idea, this theory, uh, this psychological subject is probably one of the most important that you can look into and try to grasp. Super interesting. And Buckley and I just kind of out of the blue, you know, because I'm listening to the Malone interview, right? Right. And 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 he brought this this mass formation psychosis up and I'm and it just peaked it peaked me right there. Cuz right. I was into the interview anyway, but I, but once he said that I'm like all right, he's on to something. So I'm listening and he's explaining it kind of briefly, of course. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, I got to dig deeper into this and learn more about this because this is exactly the shit we've been talking right. about, about how the COVIDians, the COVID cult, everybody that says we're conspiracy theorists, we're nut jobs, we're the anti-vax, we're killing grannies, uh, we're making everybody sick. Uh, although all the people that have been jabbed three times now, working on a fourth time, are the ones that are getting sick all the time. Right. right. And I mean, <coughs> excuse me, I'm not saying that unvaccinated people aren't getting sick because they are. Yep. But but I'm saying it's not the numbers that they're pushing on the mainstream media and whatever. So so we want to talk a little bit about this about this uh, thing that they call mass formation 
psychosis. So I did some looking into it. Buckley did some looking into it. So, uh, and we're going to give you a few examples on that. And we're going to give you a little history on it. Uh, even though this is a term that's recently been coined uh, by a Dr. Matthias Demet from Belgium. Uh, he went to Belgium New- or Germany? Uh, Belgium. Okay. Yeah, Belgium. And uh, and he uh, he's the one that kind of coined the term and theorized the term and kind of explained the term. And I actually have a couple of excerpts that he wrote that I'm go- that I want to read when we get when we get into it. But uh, but Buckley, what did you what did you find out on it? Well, I mean. I think one for me, I've kind of it's like you and I already kind of know about this theory. Of course, maybe we weren't able to articulate it with that terminology. We didn't know what to call it, but this right. is but until that came up, and that's why it piqued my interest because I'm saying perfectly right. It. And this is why I think I think if you look into this terminology, um, especially for people that are part of the COVID cult or are you know, under the spell of kind of brainwashing of just going along with what the narrative is saying. If people, if those people really look into this and can process it and take it in, it's going to be one of the most important things I feel like any, anybody can look into. But what I really uh, found very interesting is the whole psychology part behind it. Um, And it's relation to uh, what a lot of religious cults use to brainwash people and to get people to follow, you know, their, their leader, their holy leader, you know, the person that cannot be questioned. It's the same thing. And when you, when you see this, it's like, it's, it's crazy to me. You know, there's this whole psychology uh, around, you know, manipulating people, um, you know, using platforms to elevate specific people so their voices can be heard and stand out from others. Um, what else am I thinking here? Um, well, let's give an example of who the leader of the COVID cult is, in my view. Yeah. is Who is it in your view? I'm going to say Mr. Fauci. Yeah, exactly. So Dr. Fauci is the leader of this COVID cult. And what he says cannot be questioned. Right. And this is an example of mass formation psychosis. Right. And to go off of that, he cannot be questioned even when he has factual evidence against him or factual papers or he's caught lying. Um, the the technique of the mass formation psychosis. 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 <laughs> psychosis works so well that even when you have all this evidence, he cannot be wrong. He cannot be anything but a, a god or a, a holier than thou leader. Which comes down to trust trust his science, not the science. Because if you trusted right. the science, you would listen to the doctor that invented the technology. It's just like the, right. how they didn't. They never wanted to believe the doctor that invented the PCR test. So yeah. go ahead. Yeah, yeah, the PCR test and uh, Mahone, oh my God, what Malone? Um, I, I've found statements of him, videos where he has written statements telling people, you know, all about the vaccines and like, don't give them to children. You shouldn't take them. They these vaccines need at least five to ten years of clinical studies before they can be determined if they're safe or whatnot. And you know, if if the the creator of the mRNA vaccine is saying this stuff, then people should be listening to it. But you have the whole groupthink mentality, um, and that really, and it just shows that like how brainwashed people are. 
when you have the inventor of the PCR test saying, no, this is not what this test was used for. When you have the mRNA vaccine creator saying people shouldn't be taking this unless we have clinical studies like this goes to show you the psychological um, aspect to groupthink and how well it's working. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was I was looking away. He was looking at an Instagram with those big booties. No, no, no. I was looking at a report that just came out uh, breaking news. A U.S. advisory panel has endorsed Pfizer COVID-19 booster shots for kids as young as 12. Yeah, that's scary. But yeah, it's like scary, but... Dr. Fauci's found, you know, gain of function research. And it's just like, nope. He's found constantly lying <laughs> on camera. Yeah, no, they no, nope. uh, we don't believe it. It's not true. It's like yeah. here's a video of him lying. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's no, no, no. Just like no cre- credible evidence that there was election fraud, right? That's another, that's another case of mass formation psychosis, right? And like the COVID deaths, which there are deaths and adverse reactions, and there's now evidence supporting this that there's thousands and thousands of deaths and adverse reactions, and still. That psychosis works so well. I think it's in the hundreds of thousands. Right, but that psychosis is working so well that people are still like, nope, nope. Yeah. And it's directly related. I thought the the most interesting thing about it is like cults use this same tactic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we're going to give a couple examples of that too. But I just wanted to go over something real quick uh, uh, from Dr. Uh, Demet. Who, uh, who Matthias? Yeah, Matthias Demet. Uh, <clears throat> he says, uh, and, and this is uh, I took this uh, from a uh, page that I had found online uh, on Doctor Demet. But he says four things need to exist or need to be in place if you want large scale mass phenomenon to emerge. The first thing is that there needs to be a lot of socially isolated people. Mm. Stay home. Don't go to work. Don't go anywhere. So there's your socially isolated people. Definitely don't go to church. You can't go to bars. You can't go to gyms, right? People who experience a lack of social bonds, which are, could that be like loners maybe? Or, or people like that. The second one is that there needs to be a lot of people who experience a lack of sense making in life. Like, like just critical thinking, like understanding if something makes sense or not. Like that doesn't make sense. Like anybody that or there's sees a lot the of chaos, you know? anybody that sees the narrative that's going here, like Buckley and I, you know, we're not the only one. Obviously, there's literally like thousands and thousands, if not millions of people that understand that this narrative does not make sense. Right. Yeah. There's chaos. Yeah. All the time. The third and fourth conditions are that there needs to be a lot of free floating anxiety and a lot of free floating psychological discontent. Fear porn. Yeah. On the exactly. news 24 yeah. seven. Yeah. And that's, and that's why the media, the mainstream media is all involved in this cult. Right. And we all know that we've been saying this and I know we're probably preaching to the choir with our listeners, but, uh, so, so you need, uh, so meaning anxiety and discontent that is not connected to a specific representation. Right. Uh, if you have these four things, lack of social bonds, lack of sense making, free floating anxiety, free floating psychological discontent, then society is highly at risk for the emergence of a mass phenomenon. And his mass phenomenon that he's speaking of is 
what we're calling or what they're calling mass formation psychosis. Yeah, that isolation piece is very key because you find that in like the satanic cult side of things and other cults is like one of the big aspects is isolating you from your friends and family um, so they can kind of start to integrate you and eventually take you into the cult. They want to break those connections break those bond what bonds which is very uh, relatable to like the covid lockdowns like stay away from your family stay away from your uh, grandparents don't see your friends do you know what i mean don't see anybody don't see anybody yeah and i mean yeah it's i don't know it's disturbing to think about but when they lay it all out right it makes perfect sense to us yeah you know you know and, and they're saying they're kind of making making a parallel to the to nazi germany yeah. In the late 30s, because everybody, everybody says, how could they convince that many citizens of Germany right. to turn on the Jewish population like they did? Well, for some numbers, they what like in cults or in Nazi Germany, it's like a 30, 40, 30 split percentages of uh, they need 30 percent of people to believe who's ever saying whatever propaganda they're putting out there. Right. And I actually have the numbers on that and the explanations. Okay. It's, it's 40%. Uh, that's, you know, in between, it could be swayed either way. And then the other 30 usually is against the mainstream narrative. And then when they're against it, that 30% of believers of the propaganda, uh, start to see the non-believers as the enemy. Right. And 30%, uh, the 30% is the other 30% is the non-believers that are fighting against it. Right. Right. So I have a little excerpt here from uh, from a, a page that I found on Dr. Malone, where he actually uh, did a talk uh, in Tampa on that. And I'm nice. going to be and I'm going to be putting that link in the show notes. That video. So, yes. Well, actually, I, I recorded the video now. This So just everybody knows, right, I, this is not a copyright infringement. Like right at the end of this webpage, it says that Dr. Malone said, this is free to use for anybody. I authorize it and I authorize you to give me credit for it. It's a viral video too. It's It went viral because what that was, that actual video, it's about 13 minutes long and we're, we're going to put it in the show. And I, and I yeah. just, I encourage you, uh, sit back and listen to it. And then, and then if you want to go see it yourself, I'll provide the link, uh, the YouTube link on my, uh, which I'm surprised it hasn't been banned to be honest with you, but I will provide the link in the show notes so you can check that out. But, but check this out. So Dr. Malone, <coughs> excuse me. I got the freaking the, the frog, the Omicron. I, yeah. The Omicron. I got the Omicron. Uh, so anyways, he, he kind of lays it out and I just wanted to take the time to read this because, uh, if I, I told Buckley, like if we're going to, if we're going to do a, uh, a show on this, on this phenomenon that's happening, uh, I wanted to be able to, uh, you know, give you some other information that's actually out there that you can go and that you can go and look. But there's a lot of people that listen to our show that won't even bother to go online and check it out. You know what I mean? Right. But uh, so anyways, he's got here uh, mass formation psychosis. So when he says mass formation, you can think of this equivalent to crowd formation. Uh, one can think of it as crowd psychosis. Although they do say they kind of they kind of separate it from uh, the hive mind and from, really? gr from group think because I I know earlier in the show you said group think and, and I thought the same thing hmm. but but they kind of they kind of say no okay interesting but what it, but what it says is uh, and uh, bear with me on my reading here so um, I mean not that I can't read it's just I'm reading live 
<laughs> the conditions to set up mass formation psychosis include lack of social connectedness and sense-making, as well as large amounts of latent anxiety and passive aggression. When people are inundated with a narrative that presents a plausible object of anxiety and strategy for coping with it, then many individuals group together to battle the object with a collective single-mindedness. Hmm. And isn't that what we're seeing? That's what right. we're seeing everywhere when you've got the COVID cult attacking people like us. Well, that's the point. The point of focus is COVID. Right. This allows people to stop focusing on their own problems, avoiding personal mental anguish. Instead, they focus all their thought and energy on this new object. So what their plan was, was to get everybody sucked into the COVID narrative Put it on blast 24-7 on every channel, every news agency, every website, every social media platform because they got that information and they're bombarding you with that information. It's everywhere. Yes. As mass formation progresses, the group becomes increasingly bonded and connected. Right, so, so these groups, they become more connected with like-minded people to follow the COVID narrative. I think right? it, it forms a sense of community as well. It does, which, yeah. yeah. At, which which is, we've talked about before. It's like, I feel like that people are always kind of looking for acceptance and community. And check this out. Their field of attention is narrowed and they become unable to consider alternative points of view. Leaders of the movement are revered, unable to do no wrong. And in this case, we're talking Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci. I think he is the main player. Yeah. I mean, people will listen to, you know, all the the, the 80 million people that voted for Joe Biden. You could actually say that they'll listen to anything that he says, too, because what's he been doing, him and Fauci, every time a holiday comes? Oh, you can't get together. (laughs) Yeah, you can't get together. It's But but it just shows that, that, that there is a leader. He's revered and he can do no wrong and he can say no wrong. You have to trust him 100% and you cannot speak out against him. And he's elevated on many different platforms. Put up on a pedestal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Left unabated, a society under the spell of mass formation will support a totalitarian governance structure capable of otherwise unthinkable atrocities in order to maintain compliance. And isn't that also what we're seeing? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the the COVID mandates. The, we're hearing this in other countries, even as close to us as New Brunswick, which is uh, just north of us. Well, just north of us is Quebec. But when you go to just to the east of Quebec is New Brunswick, which is a huge, huge Canadian province where we were seeing videos where they weren't allowing people to go into the supermarket to buy food if they were unvaccinated. Well, I mean, just look at like Austria and Australia and Austria, I think New Zealand, Australia, Germany, Germany too yeah, is yeah. implementing all this yeah. stuff. Uh, uh, I know um, they say mass formation is different from groupthink in, in this letter. This is All what right. they're saying. Let's yeah. hear it. Uh, it says, there are easy, <clears throat> there are easy ways to fix groupthink by just bringing in dissenting voices and making sure you give them platforms. Well, us, us dissenters are on platforms, but we get deplatformed very easily. Canceled. So basically, basically shutting down us, what's quote unquote dissenters, right? So we don't have a platform. And this is why, this is why they, this is why they uh, uh, suspended Dr. Malone's Twitter, right? 
They took his platform to be a dissenter, to, to go against the narrative, to, to have an opposing view or an alternate view, right? They don't want you to have that. Uh, it, it isn't so easy for, uh, it isn't so easy with mass formation. Even when the narrative falls apart, cracks in the strategy clearly aren't solving the issue. The hypnotized crowd can break free of the narrative. This is what hap- this is what appears to be happening now with COVID-19. The solution for those in control of the narrative is to produce bigger and bigger lies to prop up the solution. Those being controlled by mass formation no longer are able to use reason to break through uh, break free of the group narrative. And this is exactly what's going on. It's just like our shows. I mean, we're just a little podcast from a haunted garage. Buckley and I were just regular Joes and we're out here and we're actually fighting for you. We're fighting for humanity. We're fighting against the global elite and we're fighting against the narrative. But fortunately, we haven't been deplatformed yet. Maybe we will after this show. But <laughs> uh, but but that's the difference between groupthink and and uh, mass formation psychosis, right? Group three, group think can be successful, right? To combat that, if you are able to have a platform and people that are that are willing to listen to you, obviously people are willing to listen to us and other podcasts yes. that talk out against the. And thank narrative. you. Yeah. Uh, of course, an obvious example of mass formation is Germany in the 1930s and 40s. How could the German people who are highly educated, very liberal in a, in a classic sense, Western thinking people, how could they go so crazy and do what they did to the Jews? How could this happen to civilized people? A leader of a mass formation movement will use the platform to continue to pump the group with new information to focus on. And that's what they do with us, right? They're always, they're always, the mainstream media is always giving you new information, new information. What are we hearing all the time? New variant. Yeah, new variant, new this. What are we going to do to combat this variant, right? This is, this is what they're talking about. Uh, they give you something new every day. They pound it in your head, something else for you to focus on. And this is what bolsters their narrative. In the case of COVID-19, I like to use the term fear porn. Leaders through mainstream media and government channels continuously feed the beast with more messaging that focuses and further hypnotizes their adherents. And that's exactly what we're talking about. It's the same shit we've been talking about right along. Yeah. Like they keep pounding it and pounding it and pounding it. Okay, so this happened in Germany because of the propaganda minister doctor who was a doctor. Trust the science, trust the propaganda. Dr. Joseph Goebbels, who was the head of the the Nazi Party's propaganda branch of the government, and he wrote the book, and I swear to God, and I've said this before, I'm I'm a big believer of the Fourth Reich. I've talked about it on other shows. I'm sure you've heard me talk about it on my show, uh, on uh, Buckley and I's show. And this is just something. We're living in the Fourth Reich. The World Economic Forum has direct lineage from the Nazi Party. Joseph Goebbels wrote the book on what their fucking, what their play is right now. That came from Nazi Germany. They went back into history and they said, that worked really good. How could you convince that many people, civilized, highly educated people, to do what they did against the Jews? And I'm talking millions and millions of people they yeah. executed right people are so, familiar with the holocaust yeah. so so this this comes <laughs> up a little bit on what buckley was touching on studies suggest that mass formation follows a general distribution 30 percent are brainwashed hypnotized and indoctrinated by the group narrative right 
40% in the middle are persuadable and may follow if no worthy alternative is perceived. Mm. Well, if they're deplatforming the alternative narrative, then that 40% doesn't even come into play. So you got 40% of the people out there that don't know which way to go, basically is what that means, mm. right? Like, like, like uh, I would say, like when we say we're agnostic about XYZ, like we're agnostic about flat earth. We're agnostic about religion, say for instance, or whatever. Uh, you know, like 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 we believe that you know it, the, that the world is round, but we're not saying we don't believe that the world could be flat. And I think that's where that forty percent lies, right? Mm. The other thirty percent of the guys like Buckley and I and a lot of our other fellow podcasters are the the thirty percent that fight against the narrative. Yeah. So, and I think um I think David Ike once said that it takes around 11% of people to really to change their thought process to really influence the the main uh you know thoughts and ideas of people one way or the other. Right. I I believe he said that. Yeah, and you would think that number would have to be a little higher than that. But well, he's, a, he's a pretty knowledgeable guy in my opinion. I mean, yeah. if you have 30, 40, and 30, right? If 11% of that 40 goes to one way oh, or the other, you. do you know I what got, I mean? No, I got you. Now yeah. you have 40, 30, or I don't know. I'm not a math man, well, if but you take do you know what I mean? you add 11 to it, that's 41. <laughs> well, there you go. So you have, what, you have 11% of Let one side. Let me get side. out my algebraic notebook. So, right. You, <laughs> you have 11% of either group go to another group, then it sways it drastically. The so whole it, thought process. So it goes on to say, one of the best ways to counter mass formation is those is for those against the narrative to continue to speak out against it, which serves to help break the hypnosis of some of the brainwashed group, as well as persuade the persuadable middle to choose reason over mindlessness. And I think that's what Buckley just touched on. And this is what we do. Everybody in the podcasting world, all of our podcasting circle, we've all said, you know, we get on these big group shows and we're all like, God, we're so damn sick of talking about COVID. But you know what? I, I think that's what, I think that's what the, the first 30% want us to be sick about talking about it because as soon as we shut up talking about it, their narrative becomes stronger. Does that right. make sense? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So this is why we keep pounding this shit. You know, I mean, I love to talk about other subjects and just and just for disclosure, like we got some really cool shows coming up for you. Uh, we're taking the show in a little bit of a direction, but I am never, ever going to give up on this COVID narrative until it's fucking defeated. And, and I don't care if you get sick of listening to me talk about it. Get out there and share our show with some friends. That 40%. If you have friends that are in that 40% group that aren't quite sure where they want to go and what their thought process is on that, get them to listen to the show and let's see if we can turn that 40% into a lot lower percentage. Or just show them this this whole um, mass formation psychosis. So I'm looking at that. Yeah, you know, it's really important for me to do a show on this. And I'm not just doing it because, oh, it's the latest and greatest hot thing. Because when I started looking into it, I said, oh, my God, more people need to know about this. Yeah, because this is exactly right. what we've been talking yeah, about. I feel like this, we've been, this is the term. Yes. Yeah. Th this is what we've been trying to articulate since we started this uh, podcast. We just didn't really know the direct de uh, terminology. Right. I feel. So So, Dr. Demet suggests that for something as big as COVID-19, the only way to break the mass formation psychosis is to give the crowd something bigger to focus on. He believes that totalitarianism may be that bigger issue. Of Global. Course, 
Of course, after COVID-19, global total... I always freak that word up. Totalitarianism. Totalitarianism may be the biggest issue of our time. And isn't this where, in our view, and this is the stuff we've been preaching, you know, we're saying that this is where this is headed. This is what the Great Reset is. Right, yes. Yep. It is, is a global, what's the word? Totalitarianism. 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 Terrorism. <laughs> Terrorism. I think you guys know what we're talking about. We're wicked it, smart it, over it, here it, yeah, at the Wicked Planet Podcast. I think this is, I think that totalitarianism, terrorism is the, was their ultimate goal. Right. Like from, uh, was it Operation Lockstep? Right. Uh, that the Rockefellers came up with. Was their ultimate goal. Right. The World Economic Forum, this is their ultimate goal. And they brought COVID in. As to, part of that agenda. As part of that agenda, they brought COVID in so that they could bring in the vaccine. The vaccine was was the weapon. Instead of gas chambers, the vaccine was the weapon that they brought in. Right. And focusing on that global totalitarianism um, is what Malone thinks might be a driving factor for people to focus on to get them out of and that's the, what Dr. Demet said too, the guy right, that coined the mass the formation psychosis, because you know it, it'll basically be like the mass formation psychosis, but instead of COVID, it'll be switching to that totalitarianism, which you know um, the negative side of that would be people losing their freedom and people not being able to have free will and all this and the medical tyranny and the social credit score and smart grid and smart cities and all this these measurements that are going to be put into place where people are just under the thumb of corpocracy big tech the it's for total control Illum, uh the cults the illuminati whatever um oh man my back hurts yeah, that was the that was the whole goal was the whole goal was to bring in the total totalitarianism. <laughs> I don't know why I have such a hard time. We're gonna get you word. into some speech classes, Ron. <clears throat> yeah, well, you know, listen to how I Sally talk, right? sells seashells by the shore. I go on the podcast the and, they're, and they're like, "Man, your accent's really cool." I'm like, "Yeah, thanks." Yeah, it's just called uh, it's called the wicked smart accent. Wicked smart, yeah. But anyways, yeah. But this was the goal. The vaccine was the tool to kill the people off that they want. There's a paragraph in the International Monetary Fund where they talk about depopulation, like in one of their yeah. reports. I mean, Gates talks about it in his TED Talks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like they say, simple as this. Are you going to trust a guy that's pushing depopulation with, with, with a vaccine that's supposed to make you better? That's an example of mass formation psychosis. Right. Because Bill Gates can do no wrong. He's a philanthropist. See, I have no problem with that word. Yeah. He's given out billions and billions and billions of dollars. So why would he want to kill everybody? Right. I think a big thing that really helps push the mass formation psychosis, uh, two things, actually, and I just forgot one of them, but one of them is the whole woke culture. Oh, my God, yes. Like, because well, oh, I remember part, the other one. That's part of the COVID cult, for sure. Right. The whole woke culture, because it's like... Okay, yeah, accepting accepting people for who they are and diversity and, you know, anti-racism and stuff like that is great. But the whole woke side of things brings it to this whole other level where it it 
it becomes problematic and detrimental. And so when people, people, but people latch onto that because it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a good, it's being played off as something that's very good for humanity. Like black lives matter. Do you know what I mean? Like, of course, black lives matter. In my opinion, everybody's life, all lives, lives matter. matter. Right. But the whole, but it's so hard to go against black lives matters. You know, that phrase, um, so people latch on to thing this woke side of things because, you know, it sounds very good and that's how people want humanity to be. Um, well, don't you think there's some virtue, uh, uh, virtue signaling in there too? Oh yeah, I mean the whole yeah. woke stuff is a subject on itself, right. but I think it's a big side of things, uh, a big narrative of the whole COVID uh, and left side of things that really gets people indoctrinated as well as the whole the whole we're doing this for your safety do you know what i mean it's like we're wearing masks we're getting vaccinated we're doing lockdowns and isolation and social social distancing for everybody's safety so people people get indoctrinated that way as well because of course you don't want to be an asshole and you want to you want to keep people safe and you don't want to make people unhealthy or sick do you know what I mean? And that's so just a natural thing that you would think anyway. So it's like the woke stuff and that whole side of we're doing this for your safety that they really, that's how they get people to follow along with it. Among other things, there's clear, obviously other stuff, but those right. are two big components. But that and cancel culture. Like, I think that that's all part right. of this mass formation psychosis. Yeah. There's a whole bunch sure. of levels. I mean, it goes through, it goes through media, it goes through, goes through Hollywood with celebrities. It goes through predictive programming and movies, predictive programming, brainwashing, all stuff we've talked about movies. Um, and you know, what's interesting. And I want to bring this up. This is more on the, the side of like the cult stuff, but have you ever looked into like the Hollywood and where Hollywood comes from. No, go ahead. So Hollywood, apparently um, there's the Holly tree, right? I do remember seeing something, reading something about this recently, but, but lay it out for the viewers. I think this is interesting. Okay. So there's Hollywood, which excuse me, um, listeners, (laughs) and then there's Holly trees. So Druids back in whenever Druids were around, they were basically kind of like magicians, right? They were could channel energy and channel. And Druids were in Ireland, correct? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think. But in so. this, I just heard this somewhere. In the channeling, they used to channel energy and magic. And what they would use was a Hollywood branch, a holly, a piece of the holly tree as their their wand. So that would be Hollywood. That makes sense, right? And they would channel different energies and and visions and spells onto people or society or in, in rituals. So this is when we start to look. What is is that? Did they use the Hollywood for divining rods? I think to, it was a, kind of like a wand or something. Like a, a, well, could that be where the whole wand thing came from? Magic wand? Well, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. So, and then they, that's how they would channel different magic or spells, right? So then we look at modern, and this is, uh, this is a comparison I think is cool. We look at modern day television, right? And all the different channels we have and medias that we have, like Netflix, Hulu, uh, HBO yeah, and we're all I, I, channeling I, yeah, stuff crazy. from actors in this whole community of Hollywood that then goes into your, that it comes out through your television and which is <laughs> cool. It hypnotizes you. Right. We think of the predictive programming stuff, right? And then we hear the word television. And what is that when you break that word down? Yeah. Tell a vision. 
Or tell lies. Or lies. But yeah. it's like... Yeah, no, I get it. Isn't that kind of an interesting connection oh, from like sure. Hollywood no, it like the it's Druid just, yeah, to like channeling? It's, it just went into my head and now it's bouncing around and like the, the television and it's all just kind of like, ooh. It kind of it makes... if To me, it's just eerie. Did you ever go to the fair or to a biker event? I went to a lot of biker events in my life. Where they do the wall, the <laughs> sure wall of death. Did. Are you familiar with what the wall of death is? I'm familiar with the wall of death in the punk scene setting. Okay, so the wall of death in the motorcycle setting is this big round building, and a motorcycle rides around inside of it. That's the wall of death. Till they die? No, no, no. They just drive their motorcycle like like vertically. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, look it up, folks. Go on. Uh, like a just motorcycle, just just Google motorcycle wall of death. It's pretty cool. Like I've seen that like a hundred times. And these guys are actually freaking amazing what they can do. Uh, they always use like old Indian motorcycles because uh, the They're motorcycle lighter, right? is running. It's running uh, perpendicular to the wall. Aren't they lighter too, the Indians? Nah, it's just something about how the carburetor set up. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, because the carburetor works on gravity. So if the gravity is messed up, then the carburetor is not going to work properly and you're going right. to run out of gas. You'll fall on uh, your head or something. Yeah. Anyways, that's what my head is doing right now when you talked about Hollywood in the wand because it just went bing. Yeah. When that's not obviously that I've just looked into that. You can some there's people come up with stuff like that on TikTok or other places. But I think actually the first place I saw that whole breakdown was um, did you see that like for that short documentary that came out called it was called into the shadows or in the shadows. And it was all about, um, the pedophile rings, uh, along with the satanic culture in Hollywood. Um, and the, the, pet, well, yeah, all that stuff, the elites, you know, basically taking advantage of children, how they're all into Satanism and, um, you know, all that stuff. So check that out. Yeah. Well, we're going to come back. We're going to revisit this whole Hollywood uh, thing that you just brought up when we when we talk about how Hollywood is controlled by the sickos, satanic pedophiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Uh, but anyways, no, that's really interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. But we see a lot of predictive programming. Obviously, we've talked about that, and we've talked about that on other shows, right? But this mass formation psychosis. I mean, we can. S- give you just even other examples of it. Like the first example is like what the Nazis did to the Jews, right? They convinced, because not all Nazi people were members of the, not, I mean, excuse me, not all German people were members of the Nazi party, right? Right. But they were indoctrinated by the Nazi party kind of by force. Like you're going to, you're going to, this is how you're going to do things. Uh, and, and that's that. I mean, if you go against the narrative, well, you'll, we'll throw you in the camps too. Right? right. So you had the Germans that did that, right? When I was a kid, I don't know how many people are familiar with Jonestown. Jonestown, <laughs> where they get the term drink the Kool-Aid from. Oh, yeah. You always hear, oh, just keep drinking the Kool-Aid. You know, people say that now, and I don't think they know what the historical reference to that is. Well, I well, think a lot of people think of it. You know that book, The Acid Kool-Aid Test? No. I forget. Some hippie book about acid, and I think that's where a lot of people think well, it comes from. they put acid in the Kool-Aid? Or something. Okay. I think that's where it, a lot of people think it, it comes from, but in reality, Jonestown. Yeah, so Jonestown was uh, was a cult, right? 
and uh, and what it was was Jones Jonestown was actually uh, the town that they had built down in uh, Guyana in South, South America. America when they when they left the United States. Yeah, uh, and uh, and they actually took a lot of people against their will. I mean, they had like a thousand people in this cult. Right. Well, that, they like beat them, blackmail them. Uh, made them sign over all their possessions. All uh, the normal stuff a cult leader would do. They told the right. black people that they would put them in government concentration camps if they left the cult. Jonestown. Yeah. And I think it was actually, the name of the church was the People's Temple. Yep. Yeah, the People's Temple. So Jim Jones was their leader that could not be questioned. Their Dr. Fauci. Yeah, their Dr. Fauci. Uh, and he's the guy that convinced them all to commit suicide. And he did that... By spiking Kool-Aid. I think it was with cyanide, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, cyanide and sedatives. Yeah, so it made him sleepy then. Well, I don't know why you'd have to get sleepy. Cyanide would kill you pretty quick. Yeah, maybe just so they wouldn't feel it as much, I guess. Maybe. That's the only but reason I, mean, I can think about it. they sent representatives from the U.S. Congress down there, right. and he had them killed. Yeah, yeah. I can remember when that was on the news. Like, like this was in 1978. Right. This was a nine. This was the late seventies. Like okay, so I I'm in high school in the late seventies. I graduated high school in nineteen seventy eight. Yeah, it was seventy eight. Well, nineteen. Uh, let's see. I wrote it down. November eighteenth, nineteen seventy eight is when they did the mass suicide. Yes. So yes. this was leading up to that when this congressman and I should have wrote his name down had flown down there with a delegation, and they were like, okay, we need to get out of here. So when they're on their way to the air, their little airfield to get on their uh, plane. Uh, Jim Jones sent a little army after them and killed them. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. it's important to remember that this cult started in the U.S. in California. Was it San Francisco? I think it was San Francisco. Yeah. Right. And then when the U.S. government started to ask questions about J the Jonestown when it was in California, that's when he forced hundreds of people to go down to South America. Yeah, it was, it was like a thousand. I think in the beginning it was a little over a thousand. But Buckley's right because they were like forcing people, blackmailing people, kidnapping people right. to become of this cult. Hey, just like uh, when we talk about Scientology, right? Like once you get in, you can't get out. Yeah. That type of thing, right? Yeah. So, uh, so when it, which is a subject for another show. You can leave in a body bag. But there was even reports where there was people that didn't agree. They must have been part of the 30% that wanted to speak out against the narrative. Uh, that were part of like the, the Jonestown crew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they were, he actually forced them, held them down, had people hold them down and inject them with the poison to kill them. Oh yeah, yeah, but but the final death number was like was nine hundred eighteen people, or that's including the the congressmen or the no no the nine hundred eighteen people took the Kool Aid. Well, no, that number was including the people that he had shot trying to leave. Oh, did it? Okay, yes. So yeah. the original number was like I think just a little less, but still high number. A lot of people. I can remember watching the news back then, and that's when uh, I think Sam Donaldson was the man back then. Like he was even pre. Peter Jennings, who I thought was a journalistic god, Peter Jennings. I mean, after Peter Jennings, it, the news just went downhill. I remember me. him. Peter Jennings was awesome. and uh, But uh, Frank Reynolds was good, too. He was the dude before him. So so anyways, uh, I remember watching on the news the videos and the footage of all these people. And I mean, in 1978, I was old enough to get it. Now, I graduated high school pretty young. I was a little advanced, so I was in school a year earlier. And I want to say in 1981, I was 16. 
I was 16 at the beginning of my senior year, and I graduated high school when I was 17. So 78, what would I have been, like 13? I'm not a math bad. No, I was like 13. I was like 13, maybe getting ready to turn 14. My birthday's in December. Got your first pube. This happened happened in November. Hey, dude, I had a beard when I was 15. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. (laughs) I didn't. Would you like to see pictures? No. A a beard down below? You don't even have a fucking... No, I had a beard on my face. Uh, You probably stole it. No, I didn't. So so anyways, okay, so there's one example. They took the Kool-Aid... And they died. Yeah. Right? That's one example. Absolutely disgusting. Like, oh, yeah. So the they put other, it in children's mouths, too. Oh, yeah. No. With they syringes. Were, and Yeah, they were killing all the kids. They killed well, everybody. There was around three. It was like 300 and something that were all minors. When they found, when they discovered those 900 and whatever bodies dead, there was 300 and something of those were minors. That's the chi- children, babies. All that. Wouldn't it's you disgusting. agree that being involved in a cult is very detrimental to your longevity? <laughs> what do you mean exactly? Uh, like being a member of a cult is not a good thing. No. So, so definitely uh, it's not. Right. right. And, and, and cults like, in general are just kind of not good. Right. And here's stay an away from them, people. Right. But listen, don't you think so that the that the COVID cult is kind of dangerous to be a member of the COVID cult? Because yeah. what are they up to now? They're up to three shots. They're probably fixing to get a fourth. There's countries and other parts of the world. Israel, I think, is going on their fifth. And there's another Middle Eastern country that's doing fourth or fifth booster. It's just like we said in a, lot, in a couple of other shows. Hey, if I was vaccinated against smallpox three times and I still got smallpox, I think I'd question the narrative. But these people nah. are victims of mass formation psychosis. Yeah. They're going along with the narrative no, narrative, no matter what they're told. Uh, and the other doctor we uh, should have brought up was Dr. Uh, Del Bigtree. <laughs> he's not <laughs> a doctor, is he? Doc, he's a doctor. All right, Dr. Del Bigtree. Yeah, he's a doctor. Sorry. Yeah, I knew that. I know. I knew that, people. Hey, shout out to my buddy Rich Willett over there at Glitching the Code. Uh, His uh, podcast over there in England, he had me on a week or so ago. He actually had Dr. McCullough on his show. Nice. Yeah, so after his Rogan appearance. So go go out there. He's on Apple Podcasts. I think actually this particular episode is on Spotify. Okay. Uh, And he also does another, uh, another podcast with Gareth Icke who's David Icke's son, uh, part of Iconic Media. Yeah. And that's called uh, what uh, WTAF, which we all have the, the actual meaning for that. But that's a podcast I do, I want to say, once every couple of weeks. No, no. Uh, really cool show. But but Rich had Dr. McCullough on, and it's a really good interview. Yeah. Yeah, really good interview. People need to get out there and listen to these uh, people. I even told my wife. Now, my wife is not a member of the COVID cult. I, my wife is not into getting vaccinated. She's not into any of that. And her mother at Christmas wasn't pushing her, but she keeps wanting to bring it up when she comes to the house. And I just, I kind of, I know the, I, just, I know, I, I understand that it. feeling. I just ignore it. I understand that. Yeah, I have people that in a, uh, my life that are also doing that. But I told my wife I was actually listening to that Joe Rogan episode with Doctor McCullough. Uh, Christmas Eve as I was wrapping presents. Oh, nice. And I told my wife, I said, listen, you've got to listen to this. Because she's giving me shit for listening to this podcast while I'm wrapping presents, which I was wrapping presents for myself, actually. I bought myself some books and I wrapped them up and gave them to myself. And uh, But but I said, no, listen, seriously, you need to listen to this podcast. Well, those two. And she's agreed to listen to it. She's going to listen to the Dr. Robert Malone one. Too. Malone and McAuliffe are probably the two most important 
uh, podcasts that have been done for the times and the current situation, I yeah. feel. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree 100%. Uh, I mean, I mean, we like other subjects. I love the UFO subject. That's a big one for me. Obviously, Sasquatch is a big one for me too. But uh, I think that everybody... Uh, should listen to this podcast like like people that are listening to the show again like i said probably preaching to the choir you've actually probably all have already listened to these podcasts but this is my little homework assignment for you i want you to try to get somebody that's that's against what we say like like they're probably not going to want to listen to wicked planet although i think they should Get them to just sit down and listen because nobody wants to listen to us and believe us. We're not doctors. I mean, we make that perfectly clear, right? We're just regular guys, but we're just, we're, re- we're really good at reading. We're really good at understanding what we're reading and we're, and we're really good at conveying that message out to you. And we enjoy doing it. Buckley and I, this is our weekly thing. Hopefully I think we're going to start doing it maybe uh, a little bit more than once a week. We're going to see how that goes. Uh, we need to invest in some more equipment. And I think we're going to start uh, putting some links down if people are willing to donate to the show. I'm not asking you for money. I'm just saying if you're willing to donate to the show, we would seriously appreciate that. And it would go towards cool stuff. Oh, yeah, stuff. no, stri- just strictly to the show. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm going to be very upfront here. Like, I don't do this show for money. I, I do okay in my business. We don't. And my, my wife does very okay in hers. So uh, I'm not doing this show to make money. But <laughs> but I, I feel as though that the show should pay for itself. Right. Yeah, that's all. And I also think it would be cool if, for some reason, we did start making some money where we could focus more on the show and put out a better quality show for people. And more often. And more often. Yeah. That w- that's what I would really like yeah, to do. Yeah, Buckley's got Down the full- road. Buckley has a full-time job. He just started this new job. He's very busy. I'm super busy between raising a kid and raising animals and babysitting my crew here uh, and staying very busy. I mean, my business is, I'm third generation. Uh, this business started, I want to say, in 1922 or 1923. So uh, Ron started it when he was 18. So the, uh, I was working in the shop before that. He's over 100 years old. But people. when I was 18, <laughs> I actually went to work somewhere else for about two years because my father needed to understand what it was like for me not to be here to take care of business for him. To see how valuable you were. And he begged me to come back. Uh, I've been running the shop pretty much full time since I was uh, 20. Let's say 20. Nice. And uh, but, but I mean, I've been in the shop my whole life. Uh, so, so I think uh, if you really technically want to think about it, my business, my family business is uh, in 2022 is going to be 100 years. That's freaking crazy. That's awesome. To say that you've been in the automotive business for 100 years. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, I can't even fathom that it's 2022 right now. But bottom line. Uh, we're Wait, it's 100 to... years this year? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, from the original gas station and little garage that my grandfather had. That's awesome. Yeah, which That's I can show you right crazy. where it was in Concord. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, yeah so anyways, uh, so anyway, so so we stay pretty busy. Like, I don't like to be super, super busy. So we pick and choose what we're working on now, and we pick and choose who we work for now. But uh, it's just only because we've had to fire a lot of customers in the last few years. But, Firing but anyway, customers. So, more yeah. people should take on that. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. That's definitely a phenomenon in the Ideology. Yeah. No, that's You're a You're phenom- a shitty customer. You're fired. Get the that's fuck a, out. That's a very well-known phenomenon in the automotive uh, garage industry. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because most, you know, most businesses- they're like, oh, the customer's right. The customer's always right. And it's like, no, hey, you're fired. Hey, check this out, right? So we have this little thing called the Garage Mafia. 
because me and prob well several of them have passed away so the the garage mafia has gotten a little smaller but we have me and several other very very good friends of mine we're all in the same business so we all do business together like like uh garage a uh doesn't do this but they'll send it to us Nice. And then there's something that we won't do. We'll send it to garage A or garage B. So we have this little circle that we all work in. And if and, someone and, needs to be killed, you just send some, someone and out. And somebody out at a bar one night called us because all of us, all of us garage owners were just, we just happened to get into this little thing where once a week we would get together and get a buzz on or whatever. So somebody said, oh, I see the garage mafia is in town tonight. Oh. So, so that kind of stuck. So, but what it is, is like uh, if a new customer comes into the shop, like you'll call another member of the garage mafia say hey is this one of your customers or whatever because we always ask a new customer who recommended you to come up because we want to know because if it's like one of our regular customers recommended you to come up well we uh, we put that down in a little notebook yeah yeah so uh next time that other customer comes back that referred you all these other customers well you take care of them I remember like when a, the first time i came here you asked me how you or you asked yeah, me i did I ask found, you didn't i how yeah. i found out yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who told because me? Because we just don't take random new customers in. We just don't do that. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's like a new person walking into a members only club. Right. Right. So so yeah, I asked you that. Do you remember that conversation? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Because I was you were like really interested in how I found out about your garage. <laughs> I was vetting you as a customer. <laughs> I, so I wanted to make sure you weren't a fucking spy. But I kind of am. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. not. <laughs> well, I think after this this year and, and last year and the year before, whatever, I think we're coming up. Uh, your birthday's in October, right? No, May. Oh, but, May. but close. Is it really? Yeah, you're only like. Right, so we'll see you in May. This May will be your third time you've got a safety inspection from me. Yes, yes, yeah. it will be. Yeah, so that's cool. So anyway, so where this was going, like we're not really opposed to having somebody sponsor the show either. Like no. I can give you a good plug. I don't really want to do commercials. I won't. I don't want to do like mainstream commercials. No. But uh, but if you want to, you know, help us out a little bit, I don't have a problem plugging your stuff for you, like at all. Definitely I, not. I actually got a couple of uh, people in Massachusetts that are talking about doing it with us. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I'm talking cheap money too. Yeah. You know, because because I would take whatever money is donated to us for this show, and I will put it in a separate escrow account. Yeah. And just use that for the show. Just for the show. Yeah, because, I mean, we have internet expense. We're getting ready to, uh, we've already bought, we've already spent probably a couple of grand on new uh, new equipment. And we're gonna and we're looking at new equipment, which was, what, another twelve or $1,300? Uh, yeah. Well, the, no, we just talked about it. The mixer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The it's mixer requires different microphones than what we're using, and those are like 100 bucks a pop. Mm -hmm. So there's three. The mixer is six and change. So there's nine, and then there was cables and some other stuff. So it ended and up being like 1200 We want to eventually get like a better studio as well figured out well we're gonna we gotta the revamp the one we're in but when we go video buckley is right i want to make a nice set that looks like kind of like a newsroom and a wouldn't bit. it be great if a lot of that happened because of listeners i think that would be awesome hey i don't mind kicking in like for sure because i've already i mean I've already paid for all this stuff, right? I mean, a lot of this equipment was left over from the shop when I upgraded shop equipment. Like, this is old equipment. Right. But I did buy all new microphones and things like that, like on a budget, on a shoestring budget, uh, which is cool. I think we're giving you a pretty good product. I think the sound's getting pretty good. But I don't like using a virtual mixer. Like, that virtual mixer we use sucks. Yeah. I mean, it does the job, but it does sucks. does the job. Yeah, it does the job. But I for want a something, free virtual mixer. I want something with call-in capabilities so that Buckley and I can do live shows. Oh, I know what the other expense was, was the new camera. 
the new camera was a hundred bucks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just really cool Logitech like 4K camera. That'd be cool. Yeah, you could so, even just set up like a Venmo account. And put your for the show and put the yeah I could do that yeah be that like hey if simple. you're interested in donating just we could even do a cash Venmo. app although I don't know for some reason I don't like cash app but I like yeah, Venmo. I just use Venmo probably yeah well I use Venmo for the shop all the time but I don't want right. I won't commingle those funds I'm kind of funny like that yeah no it's yeah. a good yeah. idea yeah so uh, uh, and we also have a PayPal account for the shop but again I don't want to commingle. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So I would like to set up anything, and, and I'm and I apologize for springing this on you guys. But it's a new year. We've got new projects we're working on. Uh, the internet's a little pricey here. Uh, I tried to get a separate internet account for the show. Comcast won't do it because it's the same address, even though it's in a different part of the building. So anyway, so I gotta have to work on splitting that up or whatever. But but there's there's expenses associated with doing the show. Yeah, like like, like Buckley and I are both extremely frugal people, and uh, and we just had this conversation before the show when we were having our rap session. But uh, but yeah. Uh, I'll just say it, you know, and then we'll drop the subject for now. But anybody that's willing to help us out, uh, email us at thewickedplanetpodcast at gmail.com or DM me on uh, Instagram at Ron from New England or the Wicked Planet Podcast. Let us know how you uh, how you can help. Yeah, and also, too, if if there's like a company or something that wants to sponsor, um, you know, and you want to write us up like a little thing to read or something, we could possibly do that as well. Do you know what I mean? So well, I would definitely do that. So it gets yeah. kind of like your needs met of what you want us to say, or if you want us to come up with something for you as well, that's something we would be interested in doing. Yeah. You know, because I think, and then something else, uh, actually I've got a couple of clips that we're going to give you. Uh, I'm going to put them in the show. We have, uh, we have the little 13-minute video that Dr. Malone did when he was doing his speech at uh, in Tampa. Uh, and it's a really cool thing, and it kind of explains mass formation psychosis. Uh, it gives you a few examples and uh, some nice soothing music in the background. Uh, Birds chirping. Yeah, it's totally, it's totally not copyright infringed or whatever. It says right in the post, feel free to use this. This is for everybody to use. So, so I took that as I'm going to record this 13 minutes and I'm going to put it in the show because I think this is an important show. I think it's important information. I was totally enlightened when I looked this, looked, looked this term up. Well, it's and like I'm a light like, bulb. It, it explains to a T what Buckley and I have been talking right. about. Right. It was like a light bulb. Exactly. Going off yeah, in my head, because I was like, oh. Yeah, because like I just what? texted to you yesterday, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I've, I've, yeah. But it was like a light bulb, though, for real. It was like, oh, that's, that's the perfect way to describe it, as well as if you don't want to, like, get too confrontational with people and try and just you discuss this topic with them, you can just be like, go check, go look this up. Share you know the I mean? link on your social media. Right, but just like, oh, like, oh, like, okay, you don't really believe in what I talk about in the, around the narrative of COVID. So, hey, here's the terminology. Go check it out and see what you think. I think it's going to enlighten a lot of people. And that's why, and that's why in that, in that, uh, on that webpage, it says on the bottom that Dr. Malone said, this is, this is free to use and feel free to use my name as well. well. Yeah. And I, I, well, I feel like for both sides, whether you're a believer in this stuff or non-believer, or even if you're in the middle, if a lot the, of what if he discusses, the 40%, if you're the 40%, yeah, a lot of what he's going to, what he discusses and talks about and brings up is going to resonate with all sides, right? No matter which side you're on. And that's like a key. I think Buckley, I think the whole key to this whole process is to convince the 30% that they've been played 
And people have a hard time admitting that they've been played. I get that. Nobody likes to admit they're wrong, except for me. If I'm wrong on a subject, I'll tell you right now. I'll come yeah. right out and I'll say, dude, I was wrong. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with being Everybody wrong. that knows me knows that's how I am. I was wrong. Well, there's nothing, I was wrong. There's nothing bad with being wrong. The only thing bad about being wrong is like, if you're just so stubborn and dying on the hill of what you thought or what you read or what you think you know and that you won't adapt to new information or, you know, intake that new information or just be like, oh, I was wrong. Like, so people need to learn that skill. I need to learn it better as well. But I'm just saying. Oh, you're pretty good at it, though. I can be. Like, we've had some conversations, a couple of heated conversations. But I'm a Taurus. Yeah, I'm stubborn. Yeah. Strong-headed. Uh, yeah, well. Jerry's still out on that shit on me, but uh, the whole astrology thing or whatever. I'm not saying it's not true. It What's your work sign? Whatever. Sagittarius? Sagittarius, yeah. Oh, that's why. That explains a lot. Actually, isn't there something where they're saying that there's another sign, and actually, if this was true, this one sign would fall in, because I want to say I'm a late Sagittarius. Yeah, so there's people like on the cusp. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm it's a like, late Sagittarius. My birthday's December 15th. It's like you can go either way, yeah. kind of like you do in your love life. But, but there was talk amongst astro- astrologers that there is actually supposed to be another sign in the Zodiac. And if that was the case, then I wouldn't be a Sagittarius. I would be that sign. What do you mean? I'm, it's hard to explain. Like, well, I, like you have the 12 Zodiac. Yep. They're saying there's supposed to be a 13th. And that thirteenth oh. comes between what Sagittarius. The hell is it? I forget. It's like a but it's supposed to be between Sagittarius. What is it? Sagittarius, and then what is the one that's after after Sagittarius? I don't know. Is it Aquarius? I don't know. No, because my wife's my, my wife. You Aquarius. want me to look it up? Uh, yeah, just for shits and giggles. Yeah, well, um, so people do also have uh, different traits of different signs. So you have like your it's like your rising moon and like your sun sign. So it's like it. Depending on what time you were born, your rising moon side could be like a Scorpio or your sun sign or whatever. I'm not exactly sure. It could be like uh, an Aquarius. So you could be like a Sagittarius with Scorpio traits as well as Aquarius traits, depending on what time you were born. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Because it's all those little those all little subgroups. While you were born on this day, what time of day were you born? And then that falls into another group or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know that much about it. I do know that when when people talk to me, I go, oh, my God, you're Sagittarius. I go, yeah, why? I could tell. You know, I don't, I, you know, some people are just really into that. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of on the fence on new age stuff. Like, like I've read a lot about it and things like that and, and uh, kind of studied it a little bit. And I'm not saying, let's just say I'm agnostic about it because I, I have one side of me says that this whole new age thing is a psyop. And the other thing says, no, this new age thing is the real deal. The Zodiac stuff? Well, that's part of the new age thing, right? Well. Astrology. I mean, I think it. Astrology. Uh, what's the other one? Astrotheology. Things like that. I'm not like a diehard. In, like, I don't 100% believe in all of it. But I do feel like certain traits that come with the Zodiac signs do ring true. Like, for me, being a Taurus, like, I am stubborn. <laughs> I'm strong headed and stuff. Hey, like that. my father was a Gemini and it, like Gemini is the two face, the, the, the fucking psycho. Yeah. The Gemini is a psycho. It's like, I would never 
never date a Gemini chick like ever in my life. Yeah. My father was a total psycho and he was a Gemini. So, so, but what's weird is I say that, right? But I get the emails from Daily OM uh, and people go check that out. It's really cool. They give you like an inspirational email a day and they give you your horror. You can sign up for your horoscope. Nice. Uh, dude, I read that every day. And, and, I, and I got to admit, when I read that, it's it's the daily om and that's that's the om ah, from the Buddhist tradition, right? And I get is those it emails Hindi or and, Buddhism? I, and, and I and I read. I don't know. Well, I like Buddhism. Like I've yeah. read a lot about Buddhism. So so uh, it's the kind of one religion or philosophy that I'm more in tune to than I am, say, even Christianity. But but to say, oh well, you're you're born in America, so by default you're Christian. Yeah, I don't believe that. Mm. I, I I don't I don't believe that I think I think you can choose what to, whatever the fuck you want to be right but but anyways but those emails from the Daily OM horoscope I read those in the morning I'm like oh my god like that this is, like is about me spot on yeah all right here are the signs in order for everyone who's so th- enthralled about this conversation it goes uh, Aries Taurus Gemini Cancer Leo Virgo Libra Scorpio Sagittarius Capricorn Aquarius and Pisces okay so Capricorn is the one I was talking okay because I'm Sagittarius my wife is Aquarius but her birthday's in the end of January yeah so you're like on the cusp of I'm at the end of I'm a a late Sagittarius that's probably why we get along you think so because you're on the cusp of a Capricorn like Capricorn is your girlfriend Sagittarius no. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, Capricorn and Tauruses are supposedly supposed to get along really Compatible. well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think we get along good. I know lots of people tell me you're a freaking raging asshole. And I'm like, I don't really get that much. Uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm the fifth to 60% that don't think so. <laughs> Who said that? I'm making that up. No, I'm just joking. Your brother, actually, your brother told me that. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, sibling rivalries. Right. Who's the, who's the alpha? Yeah. It's me, by the way. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> just joking. So anyways, really. uh, so did we have any more uh, like uh, anything on mass formation psychosis that we want to cover? No, I did want to talk some... a little bit about okay, uh, the Jones guy again. Oh, okay. Because I think it's important to uh, to note or to know about this guy is that like him growing up, he was a, kind of a loner, uh, you know, socially awkward, didn't have a lot of friends was also known for killing animals and stuff like that. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, speculated. Um, he also was very, very interested in Karl Marx, Stalin and Hitler as well as Gandhi, which is weird. But so those three communist Marxist socialist, socialist, uh, people, he he read he read a lot about them. Um, it's also important to note about this guy that he he like was always wanting to be in positions of power, and the way he actually started that out was by being a preacher. Like so, he was always in front of people, you know, preaching. Um, as well as that, he was super into psychology, and he told people, and I don't know why they believe this, but that he had special abilities and powers, and psychic abilities and stuff like that. So I don't know. I just wanted to go back to that because I think that stuff is kind of oh, that's important. Relevant. That's relative re- relevant because in, in actuality, he ended up becoming a mass murderer. Right. And it gives, it yeah. just gives some kind of, you know, direction to the backstory of, well, here's a thousand people that he convinced and killed, but also convinced them to kill themselves. So maybe like, Hey, 
how did he get to that? Oh, he was reading about Hitler and, and Karl Marx and Stalin and all that. And he has this aptitude for being in front of people preaching to them in positions of power. He probably studied their style of, of uh, uh, or, or their way of being a good orator. Because they've always said these people were good orators. Uh, like they say Hitler was a fantastic orator. Right. Uh, but Hitler took lessons about that, you know? Right. So, but what do all these regimes have in commonality is totalitarianism. Right. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, and that goes right in line with mass formation psychosis and cult cult groupthink. Yeah. Right? So, so that all makes sense. I remember the other one that I wanted to bring up, Heaven's Gate. Do you remember Heaven's Gate? Uh, no. Okay, so Heaven's Gate was the UFO cult. Oh... Remember when the Hale Bop comet? You would have been pretty young. Yeah, I want to say this was late nineties. When I, was you born? Uh, Ninety. I, All right, so you would have. You probably wouldn't have remembered. I've that. heard about it, but I don't know a lot about it. I remember seeing the Hale Bop comet, and it was actually really cool to see in person. As a matter of fact, when I had first met the wife that I'm married to now, when we first initially were dating, was in the late nineties. Uh, and then I didn't see her for like 10 years and we got back together. We've been together for like 15 years or whatever. Nice. But, but, uh, I remember actually her old, where she used to live in town on the other end of town from where you live. Uh, I remember going out her front porch and you could look right up and see the Hellbop comet. Right. So, so that was, uh, uh, heaven's gate cult, uh, was founded in 1974 and, uh, and what was the dude's name? I can't, I should have wrote his name down. But anyways, Heaven's Gate was the cult that this, uh, I want to say, was that Marshall Applewhite? I think it was Applewhite was the guy's name. Continue, I'll look it up. And, and he convinced these people that the Hale Bop was bringing uh, beings from another world and that everybody that followed him was going to uh, they had to commit suicide to do this. Marshall Applewhite. Marshall Applewhite. Okay, so I was right. So so they had to commit suicide to do this, but they were going to ascend, join these other beings, these extraterrestrials that were on the Hale-Bopp comet. And this is why they did it when the Hale-Bopp comet was here. Because I want to say that that comes uh, only so many, like a couple hundred years or 700 years or something like that. Now, we're not talking about Haley's Comet. We're talking about Hale Bop Comet, which to see in person was super, super cool. And uh, and he got and he even convinced the males in this cult to ca- get castrated. Woof. Because it had to be pure. You couldn't have any impure thoughts or anything like that. People, if you're out there, especially men, and you're part of a group and they ever ask you to get castrated for Do not them. drink Kool-Aid. That's a red flag. Get the hell out of there. But these are the ones that, that showed the pictures of they were all wearing Nike sneakers and they went into their bunk beds and they all took the poison and they all died. Woof. Yeah, don't you ever remember seeing that? With The, the big thing was that they had the, the Nike sneakers on. Anyways, but not this, ringing a bell. But this is, but this is um, another example of how one person, charismatic person, convinced all these people to not only join his cult, but to actually commit suicide 
to achieve like a higher ascension. You know, and, and I think that's what Jim Jones told his people too, right? Yeah, yes, yeah, they did. Yeah. You know who this reminds me of? Minus the suicide, but David Halfcock, also known as David Wilcock, yeah. he talks all the time about beings that are talking to him oh, and yeah. giving him information and stuff like that. And he talks about ascension uh, when you die. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So if you have to be in order to ascend, you have to be right spiritually in order to ascend into the higher spiritual plane or realm or whatever. Right. I wonder if he's, you know, done a little reading about Heaven's Gate. I don't know. You know, David Wilcock was a big time drug user back in the day. Got got clean. <laughs> what kind of drugs? The good kind? Or I the think bad it was kind? cocaine. Ah, oh, well. And, uh, and whoever knows what I he, he admits that, you know, I am kind of a fan of his work. But I'm not a fan of his bullshit stories and his predictions. Like, he shouldn't <laughs> predict things. Remember, we talked a lot about him in the first episodes, kind of first. Yeah, and, yeah. and when Buckley and I say David Halfcock, we gave him that name because he comes off half-cocked half the time. Uh, it, not not half-cocked. Like, when we say cocked in New England, we mean that you've been drinking a little too much. Right. But, I mean, half-cocked means, uh, like, like, just pulling shit out of your ass like for a story or whatever because he was the one that was pushing the whole QAnon stuff kind of basically QAnon the white hats the alliance right the white hats black hats yeah alliance, the alliance but... uh, Gitmo everything's happening trust the plan all he the elite pushing... pedophiles will be brought to justice uh, everybody's on their way to Gitmo right now as we speak yeah yeah. so I, I kind of got away I kind of got away from listening same to with him. me he's an odd duck too yeah he is an odd duck but you know when he talks about uh, he's got a lot of successful books. He's been on Ancient Aliens. When he talks about the whole UFO thing, like he's pretty knowledgeable. Oh, yeah. He yeah, he's pretty is. knowledgeable, but I kind of I kind of got away. He's definitely uh, knowledgeable, but is the knowledge worth anything? That's I, the question. Exactly. Uh, uh, well, some people could say that about us, right? But, <laughs> yes, but I sure. have I have what I deemed an example of mass formation psychosis. Of all the American people, and it happened in the aftermath of 9-11, the more I think about it. Yep. Because what did they push after 9-11? Terrorism and the Patriot Act. Okay, before we get to that, though. Oh. Patriotism. Remember, everybody, you could go online for for nine ninety nine, but wait, we're going to send you a second set of flags to put on your rear window. So everybody was driving around... Uh, Patriotism was never bigger mm. than it was directly after 9-11, which, like Buckley just said, they used 9-11 to bring in the Patriot Act, which, in my view, they used the name Patriot to falsely falsely get people to go along with their narrative, right? right? The Patriot Act took away more of our... Uh, freedoms than you could possibly imagine in the Patriot Act is really what has direct lineage to why people like Julian Assange and WikiLeaks and Edward Snowden came into play. Right. That all started with the whole uh, domestic uh, spying program. Right. Yep. Spying on us, listening in on our phone conversations, reading our text messages, all that stuff. When that when that technology was relatively new back in 2001. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think how the U.S. government got everybody to think on the same level to make us believe that the Muslims in Islam were the boogeyman. Oh, yeah, for sure. None of us, you couldn't convince, and I'm guilty of this. 
We could not be convinced otherwise that it could have possibly been our own government that did it to us. Right. Like I'm not I'm not saying, well, I don't I believe 9/11 was an inside job. My personal opinion, don't hate me for it. <laughs> Just again, a lot of the reading, a lot of the movies, a lot of the interviews, a lot of the things that I studied, a lot of the science, a lot of the science and engineering actually is there to kind of back that theory up. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, just one simple thing like jet fuel doesn't burn beams. Right. Okay. I work in metals. Like, like, and I, if I go to torch an I beam or torch something like that, okay, I use like acetylene backed up by oxygen with a torch. And you got to get that sucker ripping really hot to even think about cutting a steel I beam. Yeah. Right. And, but jet fuel did that. Jet fuel doesn't burn at those temperatures. Just that one, just that one thing right there. And then how everything was like, oh, we got to go attack Afghanistan. Oh, now we got to go to war with Iraq. They used mass formation psychosis against us as a psyop to get everybody on board because everybody, what it was the number one thing we wanted after uh, the morning of 9-11. Justice. Justice and revenge. Right. Right. And then they like know who did it. Really quickly after 9-11. Yeah, I'm pretty like, sure we, they knew. Like who, a day later, they're like, like, we know it was this guy. Like, I'm pretty sure they knew who what? did it before 9-11. <laughs> well, right, but, but they're like, but yeah, to no, the public, blame, do you yeah, know what Muhammad I mean? Atta. This person did it, go get it. Muhammad like, Atta, how did you figure that out so fast? They were staying up in Maine. They drove to Logan. They got on these planes at Logan Airport. And these are the planes that they used to take the Twin Towers out. That's the government narrative, right? They were fucking Egyptians and Saudi Arabians. Why are we attacking Iraq? Yeah, did you know? We already, uh, we already know Dick Cheney sold us that war. But I'm saying everybody wanted revenge. I wanted revenge that day. Like not just justice, like fuck justice. Like I want revenge before justice because to me, revenge is justice. You know, Dick- Although they say revenge is a dish served better cold. What about with hot sauce? Maybe what's a Frank's Red Hot? Some sriracha. Yeah. Frank's yeah. Red Hot. Uh, yeah. Did you know that David Icke, uh, he said that the the, um, the timestamps that they drove through, the was it the main tolls, I believe, these terrorists, um, in no way, shape, or form lined up with the flight I do remember that from 9-11. Theory, yeah. Yeah. And David Icke actually called the toll... Um, the toll people to review the logs, the toll company, whatever the main toll that they pass through as well as Logan airports to confirm this and like talk to somebody and they're like, Oh, uh-huh. Oh yeah, no, they shut that and they right were like, down and they were like super nervous and like, Oh, well, I don't know if we're allowed to like release these. Okay. And so when eventually they had to, when you're in Maine, you have to go through New Hampshire to get to Massachusetts. You got interstate 95, which goes all the way up to Canada uh, way up in Maine, like up in the sticks of Maine, it Sasquatch goes all the goes territory. all the way to Key West, right? So it so it's the uh, goes down the whole Atlantic coast. But when you leave Maine, there's a ton of tolls. Like you got to go through them tolls, and then there's tolls in New Hampshire on 95, and then I want to say there's tolls in Massachusetts on 95. So and this was before Speed Pass. Like like now you could just whiz through the tolls, but there's cameras. Oh yeah, right. Because if you don't pay your speed pass, like they have your information, they yeah. have that from a camera. They'll get you. Well, well, they have cameras in all these toll booths, like everywhere. And back then, that was when you actually had to stop and give them money or throw money into the big uh, 
basket. The big basket, yeah. So so anyways, yeah, so that whole timestamp thing, that's an interesting thing there. Uh, and, and, and I think, unfortunately, like how they don't want any information on these vaccines to be released for another 50 years. Okay, that should, that should tell you there's something up right there. But right. information someday will come out and explain 9-11 100%. Well, it already has. Well, I mean, I'm 58 years old, okay? It's 2022. I turned 58 in 2021. I was born in 1963. I was born three weeks after Kennedy was assassinated. Hmm. Or was it almost a month? Maybe it was a month after Kennedy got assassinated. I was born. Yeah. And I'm 58. So it's been... 58 years or 57 years since that assassination, we're still not getting answers. Yeah. And this information. So, how long is it going to take for us to get answers for 9 11? Well, the information that was released about Kennedy, I heard a bunch of shit was redacted, but as well as like the 9 like people have written books about 9 11, and David Icke has a very famous book on it. Um, and he's very meticulous in his research as well as I watched some documentary with my brother. I forget the name of it, but they, that this documentary alone that I watched um, had a, like, I think like a couple thousand engineers sign off on the documentary. And it was all about talking about how engineers and architects, right? Engineers and architects talking about all the, the, the false claims about nine 11 and what, what actually happened. And well, well, if this did happen, this isn't how the buildings would fall. That's, that's not loose change. Is it? I forget. I watched it years ago, yeah. so I don't remember, but there's information out there. Oh yeah. If you really want to get into it. Yeah. You know, that's uh, my point though, is like, like Kennedy was assassinated in November of 63. It's 50, 50, almost 60 years later. We're still not getting like total disclosure, right? Yeah. Roswell happened in 1947. We're not getting any disclosure. Although we were promised disclosure. <coughs> Excuse me. We're not gonna. They're saying they don't want information to come out on these vaccines for 50 plus years. Right. How long is it going to take for us to get information? We're all going to be dead and gone. It ain't going to matter. Nobody alive today is going to be alive then that was involved. So they're all going to be free and clear. It's just it's just a big freaking scam. And this is this the whole thing that happened right after 9-11, in my personal view, is another example of mass formation psychosis that we are all guilty of. Yeah. Because there wasn't 30% back then that were willing to fight that narrative. Right. Because we all were ready to go to war. We hadn't been in a good war in a while. We wanted to get over there and show these bastards who we were. And we went over there and we kicked their ass. And then it ended up being a clusterfuck. Right? Like, Still. Like, like like now when we did this. Even, yeah, even now. Stupid pullout. I mean, I mean, that's 20 years. We were over there for 20 years. But hey. Let's not get off on that. We could talk about Afghanistan all day long. Uh, I am. I do have a Iraqi and Afghanistan vet who's agreed to come on the show and talk about some of that stuff. So nice. So we're going to be looking forward to that. <clears throat> One of the things that I wanted to uh, also give you tonight was a little uh, a little follow up interview that I did with Therese Grinnell from the New Hampshire Nine. Uh, She's also, uh, they have a website called uh, uh, WeThePeopleNH.com or .org, sorry. And uh, and 
she is a member of the 30% that is fighting against this narrative. Yeah. Right? And this was all goes back to when Buckley and I had went to the, the, the flag-waving thing. The Freedom Rally. Yeah, the Freedom Rally that we went is to. Is that still going on? Uh, oh, yeah. The, well, they just had a big one January 1st, so I kind of wanted to put the show out before that, but it just didn't work out Is that it still way. every Saturday? They're going yeah, to, down to the Capitol? Yeah, pretty much the State House, yeah. Out in front of the Capitol, so so these people are fighting hard. They're part of the thirty percent, and uh, and we have uh, I forget what the percentage of listeners that we have in New Hampshire. I want to say, not as many as in California. I want to say I do it's remember about that four or five percent of our listeners are actually in New Hampshire. Get out there and support these people. Uh, this is a follow up. Uh, I want to say it's about a thirty minute interview. Uh, I'm going to add that on a show again. The show might go a little long, uh, but I want you to listen to that show too, because she talks about interesting things about parallel, parallel societies and parallel uh, economies. Mm. If we're, if we allow this COVID narrative to, to get any further in, in my opinion, it's unraveling. Like we got the Omicron variant. Uh, I made a prediction on legit bat last week that, this just shows that COVID is actually cycling itself out and they keep coming up with these new these new variants. What's the latest one we just got? The oh, flu rona. The flu rona? The flu rona. You didn't see that? Is that like a hot chocolate and a coffee? Oh no, this is drink? a new this is a new variant that's part flu, part corona. It's like peanut butter and chocolate. So what does this tell you? They're cycling out the coronavirus and it's gonna go back to just being the flu. Uh, no, seriously, you didn't hear about the flu rona? Um, yeah, people. Was that listen, the one that came from France? Go check that out. Uh, no, but there's a new variant like in France. What the hell's that one again? Do you remember? Well, I think it's another flu rona, something a little different. There's variants, anyway, so, new variants every week. So every time, every time a virus mutates, like on the news, I tell you it's getting stronger. It's not stronger. It is more transmissible. But it's a weaker variant. So, so in my opinion, Ron Stradamus, uh, I said that the COVID virus is going to be going away probably in the next five to six months. They will be phasing out the vaccines because, A, now they can't hide the fact that it's killing people, adverse effects, whatever. Definitely do not ever give this to your kids because even the guy that invented it said, don't give it to your kids. You can find that, too. Yeah. That video. And Pfizer got FDA approval for their COVID pill. So now that they've already <laughs> fucking wrecked the economy and stole billions of dollars out of all of our pockets, because even though when you go went to go get your shot, it was free, it wasn't free. Taxpayer money paid for that. So they're going to phase out, they're going to phase out the vaccine and they're going to give you the COVID pill, which I believe in the reading and the research that I've done is they changed maybe one molecule from ivermectin and now they're just giving you rebranded ivermectin. I, I'm not 100% on that. Just my theory. We're not doctors, people. But I think I'm pretty accurate. If you want, take the time and go out there and check that out. But once they can give us the ivermectin, ivermectin right now is $0.08 cents a dose. This ivermectin is probably going to be about $800 a dose. Yeah. So again... They'll still be in the money, so we don't have to worry about Pfizer going bankrupt anytime soon. And all the corrupt politicians that are making money off it, all the people in Congress and Senate that are allowed to do insider trading, they're all making money off this. All your world leaders are making money off this. Everyone but you. Everybody but us working stiffs are the ones making the money off (laughs) this. You losers out there listening to this. if you're not part of the 30% that's fighting the narrative, fucking join the fight. Let's get this done. And I'm going to give you that uh, little interview I did with Therese Grinnell. I want you to listen to that. And you're going to find that it, uh, well, you're probably already listening to it. 
uh, but uh, listen to what she has to say because she's talking. It could come down to where everybody gets together and leases like that mall down the street from here that's defunct. And we have a parallel economy set up in there. Parallel doctor's offices. That, Segregation, yeah, sort of. Doctor's offices that will that will uh, uh, cater to unvaccinated people. Stores and shops that will cater to unvaccinated people. If this COVID narrative is allowed to continue the way that it's been going, where they're, they're, they're discriminating against the unvaccinated, they're making us second-class citizens, they're separating us in, in other countries like Germany and Austria, they're already doing that, where, oh, if you're not vaccinated, you can't do this, they're doing it in Canada in certain places. We can't let that happen. We've no. got, and this is, again, another example of mass formation, psychosis. <laughs> it's tricky are, to say. Are, are the vaccinated people that just won't give up that narrative they're going to be lining up every every three. I had a customer. He goes, oh, I just got my booster. I think I have to go for another one in three months. I go, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, fuck that. I'm not doing that. Ever. You've already had the two shots. You got the Pfizer. I said, you already had the two shots. You have one booster. Now you're saying you're going to go back for a third for another booster. The only way I'll ever get vaccinated is if someone f- holds me down if they can and puts it in me. But before that happens, I'll probably be dead because I'll go out guns blazing. Yeah. You know, if it's gone to that point. Actually, in today's cock and monitor, and today is Wednesday, January 5th. And it's my little brother's birthday. So shout out to my brother. Happy birthday. Uh, All right. What are we doing here? Uh, there, there was a thing. Remember I told you I bought the paper. I wanted to read that article. Oh. There's actually bills in, in, uh, in the New Hampshire Senate and Congress or either or or whatever. Uh Basically saying that you could take a conscientious exemption from the vaccine if it's mandated. Like it's not mandated here, but what it is, what it is, is is to go against the companies that are mandating it. Right. And and they and and, and the left is saying, well, if that passes, there will be no mandates. Exactly. That's what we need. We need more of these politicians to stand up, grow some balls, write some bills, pass some laws, get it so that there's no mandates. Now, we understand that there was a, uh, some superior court judge or some district or whatever. And I don't think the Supreme Court has done this, but they have said that uh, there, there will be no uh, vaccine mandates. So we noticed that the, the government's kind of backed down from that. They're all backing down. This The narrative is slowly unraveling. Let's keep it rolling. Join that 30%. Let's turn that 30% into 80%. So, Buckley, you got any last words? I do, actually. Let's go. Uh, so, I just wanted to briefly describe Wall of Death. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Going back, like, you know, an hour, hour and a half. But Wall of Death, in the from what I know or have experienced in the punk scene or the hardcore scene or even in like the metal scene, um, it's usually sometimes the singer of the band will call it out like Wall of Death, um, or people will just do it. But it's usually when there's you know punk music, metal music, hardcore music. It's pretty heavy, fast, intense. Mosh pitting, all that jazz. Um, I actually like that stuff. I used to be super into it, like hardcore punk to the nine. We want, we don't have to go any further about that. But well, th- this is how I know about it. Um, so it's beginning of a song that kind of starts out slower. Both the sides of the crowd or the mosh pit line up in in two walls, and then basically when the song like hits its fast hard point. 
they all just run at each other and beat the shit out of each other. And I know this because I've experienced a few of them because I've been in a couple of like them. a medieval battle. Yeah, it's fun, but it's also kind of dangerous, and you yeah, get I hurt. Think so you get hurt. Yeah, well, you're a pretty big guy. You probably stood your own okay. Yeah, but this was like in <clears throat> high school. Yeah, even better. Because <laughs> I was real squirrely in high school. Nobody messed with me. I was pretty squirrely too. Yeah, yeah. My mother spent a lot of time in the principal's office. Hmm. No, my dad never went to those meetings. <laughs> he probably would just freak out. Anyways, so uh, so yeah, so anyways, that's the wall death. Hey, uh, thanks everybody for listening. This the Thank first, you. the first, the, the first show of 2022. Before, uh, be looking forward to some cool stuff coming up. Buckley and I have got some really cool subjects that we're working on. Uh, so you know where to find me, Ron from New England on Instagram and the Wicked Planet Podcast also on Instagram. Uh, DM me anytime. I'll, I'll answer your DMs. It might take me a few days. Some days I get a little overwhelmed with DMs, but that's okay. I will slowly get back to you. Uh, you got any, uh, any questions, any show ideas, any information on the subject that we spoke about tonight, anything you want to enlighten us to, uh, please feel free to email us at the wicked planet podcast at gmail.com. Also, if you want to talk about donating to the show, if you want us to, if you want to be a sponsor to the show, please reach out. We'll make that happen, and we definitely, uh, we definitely want to thank everybody for the support. Again, uh, Buckley and I went over show numbers, and they're doing. Listens are going up extremely well. We're, we're. Let's just say, this is the forty third episode that we've done. We've been pretty consistent, and our numbers are really like in the last ten episodes are really starting to well double and triple in some cases. Yes. So, so, so we're very excited about that. Oh yeah, it's, uh, it's that great leads to us see. To believe that you're happy with what you're hearing, and if you like what you're hearing now, you're really going to like what you're going to hear later down the road. So, thank you, everybody. Hope you had a good New Year's. Let's hope for a better 2022, and get out there, live your life. Work against the narrative, and we'll talk to you real soon. Ron from New England, signing off. Buckley. Out! Matthias Desmet. He's a psychologist. He's also a statistician. He's at the University of Ghent. So this is Belgium. He's a European, but he speaks fluent English. Many of us are very impressed by his thinking. Bobby Kennedy, for instance, has met with him personally and uh, spoken to him about his theories, as have many of my peers. I think Matthias is onto something, and he calls it mass formation psychosis. So when he says mass formation, you can think of this equivalent to crowd. So it's crowd psychosis. That's what we're really talking about. There's easy ways to fix groupthink by just bringing in dissenting voices and making sure you give them platforms. With mass formation psychosis, this is like hypnosis. It really is hypnosis. This is what happened to the German people. If you live in Europe or you are, uh, have a relative who's a Holocaust survivor, or also if you live behind the Soviet Union curtain, Eastern Europe, etc., this is a, a fundamental problem that people have is understanding how can, for instance, the German people who are highly educated, very liberal in the classic sense, you know, Western thinking people, how could they go so crazy, so deep into crazy land that they were doing what they did to the Jews? How could this happen to a civilized people? And this is the explanation for that. It has been 
a major focus of academic inquiry for decades and decades in Europe. So with what we're experiencing here, you have to have a set of preconditions. And then walk with me back to, remember 2019? It seems like forever ago. The precursors for mass formation psychosis is you have to have a situation in which the population is decoupled from each, each other. They don't have social bonds. Everybody on their little cell phones and everything else, okay? Where we're fragmented into our communities, Facebook communities and other things. Yes, there are tribes, but we're now in a situation where there's sub, 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 sub tribes. Everybody's fragmented. Nobody's feeling connected, okay? There's got to be a lack of sense making. The world has to somehow not make sense what's happening in the world. It just seems to be overwhelming. Things don't make sense. Remember how we were all kind of thinking this back in 2019 and we had the elections and what was going on? Clearly there's big forces that work there and nothing made sense. This leads to free-floating anxiety, which is the source of the greatest psychological pain. And my wife, for example, experiences this all the time. Many people do. So for her, she has this chronic sense of anxiety. She wakes up in the middle of the night, suddenly alerted to some thing that she's been dreaming about. So this sense of free-floating anxiety, things don't make sense. We're no longer connected to each other. And we also have free-floating discontent that things aren't right and I don't like it very much and I'm not sure where to put my finger on it. A lot of us had this feeling. Now think about what happened when the virus broke out. The world obsessed over this virus. Suddenly, every software person in the world was an expert on molecular virology and epidemiology. I had to deal with them, you know? It just, we all suddenly became obsessive experts spending all our time on the media trying to figure out what the heck is going on because it didn't make sense and we're trying to protect our children and everything else. When these conditions happen and then the entire population gets focused on one thing, it forms something akin to hypnosis where all they can think about, they're totally obsessed with that one thing. This is what happens with hypnosis is you can hypnotize somebody and get them to focus on just one little tiny thing and you can do surgery on them, they won't feel it. This is a fundamental phenomena of the human mind is this ability to become hypnotized by focusing all of your attention on one small thing. Once that happens, people lose their ability to have rational thought and judgment. Even if you weren't obsessed, you had all the fear porn coming at us all the time, 24-7 through every channel. Now, was this intentional or was it just selling clicks? There's a lot of signs that it was, there was an intentional component here. That we're sitting in a situation in which we have been actively managed psychologically by some entity that has financial benefit or power to gain from doing this. This gets to the point about global totalitarianism. But regarding mass formation psychosis, once this happens, there's two key things. Everybody gets focused, they have this fusion of their discontent, this focus on a thing, and then leaders step in that sees this moment 
And when they're identified as leaders or they're promoted as leaders and the crowd can see no evil, they can hear no evil, they can speak no evil. And those leaders can say anything. It does not have to be true. And the crowd will believe it. Furthermore, with this kind of process, mass formation psychosis that we saw in 1930s Germany, and we've seen in other situations, outside the centers, anybody who says something that is contrary to this narrative must be attacked. These situations must have a common enemy. This was well described in the 1984 book of George Orwell, where there was this constant threat of the Eurasian forces. They were nebulous. One never really knew where they were, or if they were going to attack, but they were always used to drive fear in the crowd. So this crowd now that's formed has central leaders that are lying to them all the time, like Tony Fauci. And as you see, there's a narrow world in which those people that have been hypnotized in this way, you can tell them until you're blue in the face what the data are, what the facts are. You can show them video clips of Tony Fauci lying. It doesn't matter. I was in Tampa the other day and a physician asking questions came up in the line, brokenhearted. She has many other physicians and medical professionals in her family, and she's disaffected from all of them. And she said, it doesn't matter how much information I provide to them, how many papers I provide to them, what data I provide to them, they can't hear it. And it's true, they literally can't. They are hypnotized. This has happened all over the world. It's been actively promoted. It is the consequence of all this censorship and propaganda that we've been subjected to. And when it seems to you that the rest of the world has gone mad, the truth is they have, <laughs> okay? And the question is, what can we do about it? So I spoke to Matthias about this, about where does he see this going? And it's really a bit grim. He thinks that this mass psychosis has developed to a point where the global totalitarianism is unavoidable. It will sweep over us. We're seeing it in Austria. Number one, they're locking down during the holidays. And they say, you will be vaccinated. Now, that flies in the face of the data, which shows the vaccination won't stop the spread of the virus. It doesn't matter. They will impose the vaccines on you. They're talking about doing this in Germany. They're talking about all kinds of mandates in the United States, like you say, including for the children. Think that through, okay? So this is happening. And Matthias believes that it's now to a point that it is going to progress through the population, whether we like it or not. We have to continue to try to provide information, accurate information. There's a couple things we can do. We can substitute the fear of the virus, which is irrational, for a greater threat. We can break through to people if we help them to understand that what we're seeing is a coordinated global focus on deploying a global totalitarianist solution. Totalitarianism is a bigger boogeyman than the viruses by far. Losing control to Bill Gates and the World Economic Forum and BlackRock and Vanguard is a bigger threat 
than SARS-CoV-2 is for you or your children, by far. Okay? And people can hear that. They can see it. Matthias has tested it. And you can break this diffusion in their minds if you give them something that's even a greater concern, which is loss of their freedom. When you, when you make it clear to people that they're on the threshold of losing their right, they get activated. So this is one topic area that a lot of people get. And often the breakthrough thing is they're going to force my kids to take the jab. And suddenly people wake up with that one also. But the problem is all those underlying things haven't been fixed. The real problem, to be blunt, is that our society is sick. It's sick in a bunch of ways. And I think the only thing that can come out of this to get us away from that, to start to heal us, is this idea of think global, act local that is behind intentional communities. Meanwhile, while all this crazy is going on in the world, the rest of us that are able to see through for whatever reason, maybe because we got fired from our job, or we experienced mainstream media first person and realized how corrupt and twisted that world is, or maybe we experienced big science and all the corruption within big science in a very brutal first person way. Things have caused some of us to be able to be a little more skeptical about what's going on in the world. So we can't get beyond this if we don't find some way to heal ourselves. And I think we got to start that healing process locally. The message that I've been trying to promote in these various speaking engagements is a message of healing, not division, and of trying to empower people to start building local community, telephone call lists, you know, work through your church, whatever your organization is, build on that. Find physicians that will administer early treatment. I think that now is the time to build local community, start to form networks with each other, we're providing information to older people who are often home alone, scared and not able to access the internet. There's a few courageous leaders politically in a lot of scared chickens. Basically, the Republican side is unified that these mandates are wrong. Now, we're having trouble breaking through the other side, but angry moms, I think, may be the thing that saves our democracy. So there is hope. But we've still got a long way to go, but I think we've seen some significant progress, so I don't want to leave everybody thinking it's all doom and gloom.